Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Once again, for another episode of the Retro Redoxbus Cephala Podcast. That's the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. And we, uh, all of us, all of us here, all of us here in the studio that doesn't exist. We are all part of the Dorkening <laughs> and the Art Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by the amazing, the delicious... The addictive, in a good way, Deadly Grounds Coffee, which is coffee to die for, and you should definitely go buy some because it rules. I happen to be your host tonight. I, uh, I'm i a guy. That's it. Hey, That's guy. all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. My name is Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, and with me, as always, are my my cohorts who really should be in bed right now because it's, it's, it's past their bedtime. It's past all of our bedtime. Um, Nintendo. Can I just stay up a little bit longer? No, tough shit. You have a math test in the morning. Oh, fuck you then. God. Listen, I am your father and you will not talk to me that way. No, wait, I'm not your dad. I, <laughs> you know, I'm like real dad. Oh, I'm really sorry. That was just a <laughs> random power trip. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, 8-Bit <laughs> Alchemy. Uh, I'm staying up whether you give me permission or not, so bleh. Bleh, Fine. <laughs> eat it i'm all rebellious yeah <laughs> um and we do have a special guest in the studio tonight and what's really cool is the topic of the evening is was actually recommended by this gentleman he is uh he's one of our favorite retro you know what he is he is our favorite retroid uh you know adam Laterno is going to be a little but he might want to fight you i was gonna say adam Laterno was going to have words <laughs> but um but uh, this this guy is like this. We're just going to call him number one for the evening. His name is Phil Conti. Always, always in the group, man. You're always posting stuff and we love it. Welcome to the show, Phil. Uh, we, I, could I have some more milk and cookies, please? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have some here. Uh, it's been here for a couple of weeks. It's sort of looking more like yogurt. Do you, do you want it? I can I can kind of email it to you. Uh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm okay. good, really. You're thank good. you. All right. Okay. Let's just leave that. There. You know, I'm going to, I should probably just like flush this or something. I don't know. Um, so the topic of the evening, your idea was, you know, this, this concept of shows that we maybe shouldn't have been watching when we were little kids and we probably should have been in bed primetime shows um, that were more aimed at adults. Um, 
And I think some of the ones we're talking about tonight, just because they're old or just because they're dramas, doesn't actually mean they weren't aimed at kids. A lot of comedies were just purely aimed at kids. It's just that before Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel and all these things that we have today, we didn't have these like kid, you know, dramas, kids sitcoms. Kid, you know, we just had cartoons. So like back in the 80s, especially anything that wasn't a cartoon kind of felt like a grown up show. Right. So something like Knight Rider. Well, that was probably a kid show. That was probably aimed at a young audience, but it appealed to a broad audience, you know, like a Marvel movie or something like that. Right. Um, so to call it an adult show is, is like, well, maybe that's not accurate. I'm not sure, but we're going to count it. So any show that's like kind of of that ilk, a drama, action, adventure, um, sometimes sitcoms. And, and these are shows that we had to stay up late oftentimes to even watch. And maybe we, maybe we snuck downstairs to uh to watch it when the parents parents thought we were we were asleep (laughs) just little tiptoe noises yep (laughs) that's us going on the stairs that's that's what feet sound like are you eating butter right now no uh this is mayonnaise these are the other things that get that get you get caught doing very late at night oh eating butter in the fridge just with butter in your hands and your mouth on it. <laughs> I mean, it, there are worse things uh, your mother could catch you holding. Um, so, yeah, we what we're going to do tonight is we're each going to present one big um, show that we're going to do a medium size. I want to say deep dive, like a medium dive um, for now. And we're going to start each one by playing the theme song because we love to do that. And then we're going to ask the Octoponder. And after that, when we come back, we're going to do something we've never done before. This was suggested by Phil as well. You asked if if we could do like a lightning round where we each just kind of go around the table a bunch of times, but fast. So instead of just like duplicating round one, we're going to do a lightning round of a bunch of different other picks that aren't ever going to equal the amount of time we spent on the first one. So I'm actually going to take your advice. We're going to do that. And I'm going to bring up my stopwatch app and uh, make sure that nobody goes over one minute on that tick, lightning tick, round. Tick, 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 okay. tick, tick, And that's, that is the plan. Sound good? This show that I picked today, uh, before, I, I'm not even going to say the name. I'm not even going to say the name. Um, I'm just going to read you the, the intro narration to the show. Okay. <clears throat> In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, you can find them. Maybe you can hire the A.T.
song. Love that tune. Dude, See, I love thought, it. Love I, it. Love I, it. I totally, I totally thought that was from Al. I totally thought that was. I know. You got me. You got me good there, Parasite Steven. You got me good. You got me good. Um, you know, I gotta say that song is one of my favorite theme songs ever. It has yes. never left my brain ever. It's one of the few that, for some reason, this one and the Superman theme, like, are never far from my thoughts. You know, like maybe the Batman one too, I guess. But like, right. there are just a few themes, and for some reason, the one in Mel Brooks' Men in Tights movie, the Robin Hood Men in Tights movie. Where yeah. men, yep. not men, uh, no, not that one, not that one. Um, but like the the one that goes da 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 da. I don't know. I can't come up with the first part. But um, anyway, there's a few. There's a few. You know, Indiana Jones. But this one, this one is like, oh my god, I love this song so much. Um, so before I get into it, do you guys remember the show? Yes, I, I do remember this show. I never got to watch it, but the the echoes of the A team have been felt throughout my entire life. Like okay. there's just so yes. many things pay homage to it. And there was the movie. A team was. Yeah, I never yeah. got to see the movie. Oh, the movie was great. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Like Liam Neeson. Um, I don't even remember the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the cast. It was Liam Neeson, and then Liam Neeson with slightly different hair, and then Liam Neeson in pants. Oh shit! They were all Liam <laughs> yes, he he did. Have, they all had pants though, so it's not super helpful. Oh, then what's the point of watching? Well, useless. I think it was a. Bradley Bradley Cooper was in it. And oh, Jackson. Yep, yep, yep. And yep, then yep. the guy from District Nine played Murdoch. That's I right. Char- his name. Char- okay, okay. Charlto Copley, Copley, yeah. something like that. Yeah, no, it was it was good. But the the show, okay, this show, like I don't know, for some reason, it still it still works for me. I love this freaking show. I watched three episodes for this uh, for my research for this episode and uh yeah hell of a good time so there were 98 episodes of the a-team and five seasons show ran from 1983 to 1987 the principal cast um which was because it was a road show um so they you know went from here to there and back again so most of the cast you would see would change from episode to episode, although there were some recurring friends and villains that you'd see along the way that would come back. But the principal cast was George Pappard playing John Hannibal Smith. Most people just called him Hannibal all the time. Dirk Benedict played from, you know, Battlestar Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica. And there is actually a shot of a Cylon in full costume in like the, the TV show costume, like walking past him in the intro that they use. Cause it's just like a montage of various episodes scenes from various episodes. And uh, he, he, they show him like, as it walks past and he's like, wait a minute, that's no. And <laughs> I don't know what episode that's from, but um, he played, they just most, most mostly just called him face. He's a uh, Templeton Peck. He's the face man. He's basically the guy who would, you know, charm people when they needed a con man, John Hannibal Smith. He's, he's the man with the plan. He's the leader. Uh, and he loves it when a plan <laughs> comes together. That's for sure. Uh, Miss, and then we have Mr. T playing B.A. Baracus. Just 
which really just translates into he played himself because Mr. Right. T can't do any characters. He's just himself at all times. <laughs> just at all times. Mr. Yeah. T is the character. And in, in, in fact, like they didn't even ask him to change like the way he dressed. Like I, I, I firmly believe there was no costuming for Mr. T's character. I think they just let him dress himself before he came in. He literally he wore rings that said T on them in the episodes. <laughs> right. I mean, you want to come to uh, come to the shoot wearing a, a necklace of like 60 to 70 gold chains he's like what i was gonna do it anyway fool might as well not like you're gonna stop me that's pretty much my daily dress monday through thursday that's pretty much what i do friday i go a little bit casual i wear the silver chains do you you think he added more chains just to to for the costuming like he didn't think like Like, mr t normally would wear like 10 chains but ba baracus would wear like 50 i don't don't think so i think it's the Uh, exact i think he woke up that morning put on everything and just and they just shot every (laughs) and they were just too afraid to say anything they're like well i guess right they're like oh oh shit he just came looking exactly like himself all right well no one can say a thing and just were, go with it. It. <laughs> it was funny too because I noticed that like his mohawk kind of was messier in certain shots and certain episodes and other times. Like I literally think that everybody was just too afraid to like say anything to him. I don't think he had hair and makeup. I swear. He he is the force of nature factor where they're just like whatever whatever Mr. T feels like being today is what we get. Right. And that will add that that <clears throat> something extra to this whole thing. And to be right. fair, I just, mean they were just happy he showed up. Right. Right. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. And I mean, George Papard, you know, he was an actor who was in stuff. I wouldn't call him a name. Uh, Dirk Benedict, uh, you know, he was Battlestar Galactica was successful enough. Um, Definitely had its fans for sure. Um, I think he was maybe the the successful TV actor. But Mr. T, I got to believe, was the big draw for people. I mean, he was this was at his height of his popularity. Um, You know, this was during Rocky three. I mean, this is like. This is his heyday. Yeah. So I really got to believe that Mr. T was like the draw. I think so, because also, if you remember back then uh, in the Just Say No to Drugs, Nancy Reagan sat on his lap for a big oh. picture for uh, in, a, in a Santa costume. <laughs> um, and that was the surrealist thing ever, if you ever want to Google that one and look at it. <laughs> I pity the fool that doesn't get a Nancy Reagan to sit on his lap. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's very right. specific. That's all I had tea. on that one. Sorry. <laughs> That's a very, very specific T. Um, yeah. Rounding out the cast is uh, my personal favorite uh, actor, uh, character, uh, part of the show in general. We have Dwight Schultz as Howling Mad Mur- Howling Mad Murdoch. Mostly just gets just goes by Murdoch most of the time, or just fool or crazy fool. But you know, pretty much Murdoch. Um, wow, Mad Murdoch. So not his name, no. So it's 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 howling, howling mad. So I looked this up today, and everywhere I was seeing like him, he's only ever credited as Howling Mad Murdoch, and they always put it in quotes. Yeah. And apparently that was taken from some actual like uh, general guy or something. Like that that name was was taken from somewhere, and uh, and and I'm like, okay, but they must have like revealed his name. And uh, and they never did. So B.A. Baracus, I'm also not sure what his name is. That's probably revealed. I think that I'm not sure. I should have looked that up. But Howling Mad, there's a theory that his name is Henry Mac Murdoch. And the okay. reason is because there is one episode 
where Hannibal calls him Henry for no reason. And he never does it. Never does it again. He calls him Henry one single time in one. That episode. is interesting. Wow. wow. So this just that was the little piece yeah. in that episode. And, and then and there then... was one other episode where B.A. calls him Mac. So the fans have put it together and they're like, well, I guess sometimes in the show he would he would write his his uh, name as H.M. Murdoch. So the letters HM were used as initials. So the idea is that those must be his actual initials and they just turned it into howling mad. But you don't know for sure. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. But what I love about Dwight Schultz, when I was a kid, I mean, this was this was such a favorite character of mine. My God, I I just thought he was so funny and so great. He did something that I, I I can't even remember if I've ever seen another character that does this. Like to show that he's kind of crazy, one of the things that he would do is just randomly switch accents. And it wasn't even always at a point where it made any sense. Like sometimes he would just start the scene and he would have a Southern accent. He often had a Southern accent. He'd be like, oh, I don't know about that Hannibal, you know, uh, uh, we're going down there. I think we uh, we got to bring some uh, some extra guns. And then like, you know, T will say something and then he comes back and he's like, suddenly the Southern accent's gone. And he'll be like, he's like, well, I don't know about that. Like, what are you talking about? I, I think I actually think we do need to. And then like, sometimes he'd be British and sometimes he, I mean, like he literally just <laughs> was a fucking weirdo. He like, yeah, he yeah. was so he was so funny. Dwight Schultz was so he was a freaking tornado on this show. He was just so good. I loved him so much. And uh, I loved, you know, seeing him later. He was he was on Star Trek Next Generation as Barkley. Um, but right. of course, very different character. He was very subdued, very quiet, very meek. Uh, Murdoch was just insane. He was so, so, so funny. Um, lo- I still literally these three episodes i just watched i'm like no he's he's still hilarious like i still love this guy yeah that's awesome yeah so that's dwight schultz um not dwight schrute different guy right Um, right no beat no beat farms no beats um so this the show is loosely inspired by a true story um barely uh hannibal was based on special for special forces colonel bo grits Bo Grits, the most Bo decorated, Gritz. the most decorated Green Beret of the Vietnam War, who is famous for his innovation and bucking authority. He would later organize his own private rescue attempt for American soldiers supposedly held captive after the end of the Vietnam War, providing the basis for Gene Hackman's character in the film Uncommon Valor. Uh, Face, Dirk Benedict was also based on James Garner's character, Handley the Scrounger in The Great Escape, which was based on Garner's real-life role in his army unit unit during the Korean War. So there's just some, like, inspiration a little bit with a couple of the characters. That's kind of basically it. But with this show, if you guys remember, it's basically, like I said, it's a road show, and uh, they go from job to job, and they're just doing good. I mean, it really is kind of just like a, it is like a, a cartoony 
version of reality. It's it's a silly show. It's not like heavy drama. It's light. Yeah, um, it so, could have been done as a cartoon, you know, with the level of severity. Well, so that's right. what makes me wonder if this was a kid show. Right. This is like right. on that line, just like Knight Rider. Yep. It's like yeah, I felt yeah. at the time I felt like this was a grown-up show for sure. And I remember I vividly remember like proclaiming that this was my favorite non-cartoon as a kid. I felt like yeah they must have they must have got their hooks in you you know with that concept of like it looks cool it looks adult it appeals to grown-ups but also at the core of it it's it's just a cartoon done in in real time a gi joe you know right pretty much yeah yeah so i like gi joe i think that if i remember correctly the a team um guns were everywhere but no one actually got shot (laughs) <laughs> just like in gi joe when like oh, right the, right the missile yeah. would hit a tank and everyone get out before it explodes like it was kind of one yeah of those. yes absolutely yeah there wasn't any violence or anything so i did watch the three episodes and i do want to go through them a little bit um to varying levels but before i do that i want to open it up to you guys uh is there anything you want to say about the a team any memories that you guys had or uh just things in general about this show that that stick out because i i feel like there are a couple like thematic things that they would repeat you know with this show but anybody have anything they want to they want to interject with yeah uh well for me uh unfortunately this show didn't really grab me as a kid so i Mm -hmm. just never really watched it but um if i did watch it it would be with my my family obviously um but i wouldn't like really like stick around and watch a whole episode because it just i don't know it just didn't pique my interest all mm-hmm. much i basically just wanted to watch it for mr t <laughs> right see but, there uh, you go there you go but uh but but even then i was like oh, whatever i guess but uh mr yeah. t is remarkably one note <laughs> he really yeah. is he really is um plays in the, the note things of that, t go ahead one Phil. of the things that i was thinking is um especially being so young in the early eighties, like little kids, like seem to love like cars and, and, and stuff. So like a lot of the shows like Knight Rider or Airwolf or the A-Team, the vehicle that was almost its own character as part yes. of the show was yes. such a, an appeal yeah. to the younger me and, yeah. you know, Murdoch being just silly enough to like diffuse the, 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 any, you know, drama that was really there was like amazing. Like it was just great. I loved it. And they really all were funny characters. Like the straight man was Mr. T, but really his lines are so silly too that. Right. He's got like the, you know, Drax, what Drax was going for. Right. Like (laughs) I'm just this big, strong, you know, fucking guy who says dumb shit. (laughs) That'll fly over my head. I catch it. Right. Like, I mean, (laughs) They are very much going for that same vibe. And uh, I mean, I mean, so, so yeah, he had that like weird straight man comedy sort of kind of, but everybody else was like overtly silly. I mean, yeah. Hannibal's deal was he was just a ham. He was just like shit eating grin at all times on his face. He had a, you know, stogie chomping on a stogie, like between his teeth. And he's just like, at all times, he's just like uh, this swaggery guy who's got it all <laughs> together and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then you had right. Face, and Face was also funny and silly. And, uh, you know, he, he was often, you know, the butt of his own, you know, 
ego, basically. A lot of jokes were about him being like, uh, you know, a little too proud of his own looks and his own ability with women and his own, you know, smoothness. But at the end of it, he was good at what he did. They all were good at what they did. There was no character that was useless at all. They were all good in a pinch for a fight or, you know, with firearms or anything like that as they shot at dirt and cars, as Phil said. Um, and they were all good at building and, um, and Hannibal really was like the planner. Uh, Murdoch also was the helicopter pilot. Pretty cool. And BA, nice. uh, BA was the one who, it was his van. So the car that you're talking about, that was like a character. It's like the A-Team van. I don't really think it had a name. I really think it's just called the A-Team van. If it does have a name, I don't know what it is, but it's just a, a black van with like a very iconic, specific red stripe that goes yep. like at an angle and um and that was that was it kind of looks like the was cover of a vhs yeah you know, like those recordable vhs tapes <laughs> oh with, yeah, like, yeah just the generic like shapely yeah. art like i can <laughs> see the side of it just being like memorex totally totally with the, with the red swoosh and totally. the half gray half play. totally yes, yes. That's so funny. Well, I, I just but it's, it is iconic I just realized one of the characters uh murdoch played uh barkley in uh, star trek next generation I, I did mention that. Yes, that, that is yeah. uh, very true. He was okay. very, very different in that show. Oh, I, I must have missed him when you said that. I'm sorry. You must have been uh, you must have been taking your pants off. That's probably what happened. Well, I mean, they're already off. I, mean, oh. I took them off before I came See, on. So you had an out. I just gave you an out. Why didn't you take it? There was an off ramp. It was no, like I am, I am I am admitting my stupidity. Oh, okay. So gotcha. <laughs> what I, uh, I, I, I own does, it. I own that shit. Does, but, does yeah, Barkley was, know how to shut up and jam? I don't know. You guys, you guys get that reference. It's a, it's a different Barkley. This this guy is this guy was a role model, unlike oh. uh, unlike the other one. Unlike um, the other one. Yeah. Well, I so I was hoping somebody would mention it, but nobody did. But the, the one of the re, like recurring themes that they would always do is they didn't always do it, but it was always a fun thing. I loved it when they did it. Was they would reinforce a vehicle with with like armor that they stripped from something else they would cannibalize something <laughs> and uh, like i remember one episode where they they cannibalized an elevator and they used all the, the elevator Jesus. walls to like reinforce some vehicle and they where did they, they get an elevator <laughs> well, they they just they, took it from a there was an elevator there it? yeah there was an elevator there jesus the christ they just pull the out like damn <laughs> that's what they do they use whatever they can at the time for that episode whatever the stage is yeah for that episode they'll they'll figure out a way and uh so i wanted to make sure i watched an episode oh. that that featured yeah um a, a build i wanted a build episode and uh so i i did find one um and uh so that episode is called uh where is it here um so it's called Trouble on Wheels. And there's just so much with this episode. Honestly, honestly, just a great episode overall. Um, not that funny. It felt more heavy than the other two that I watched by a lot. It was season three, episode seven. Um, these are all on Tubi, by the way, if you're interested in watching some A-Team. They're all free on Tubi with commercials. Um, and the brief uh, internet description of this episode is, a foreman played by Joe Santos interferes with an operation stealing from an auto parts manufacturing plant. So the whole thing took place at a, a big auto plant where they're building cars everywhere. And it's just this massive set that looks real. Um, I'm sure it was. Um, and so the vehicle creation was so freaking awesome because early on, 
they send face out to get a sign. They, they need to make a front, a business, a fake business that uh, for a rival auto parts guy that doesn't exist across town. And they're like, okay, go out and get a sign. And he comes back with a freaking pimp mobile. It's like this purple <laughs> Cadillac, Cadillac convertible, like just total pimp mobile. And he's like, dr- like, it makes no sense, but he's dressed as a full pimp for one scene. He has this purple fur coat and like everything. He's like, oh, do you like it? I found this in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's a literal pimp mobile and he had it painted and the fake business was painted on the side he's like he's like this is good this is our sign and and t's pissed he's like oh, we said you want for a sign fool would you bring this back well and, and he's like he's like well this is just as good he's like what do you expect me to do on a lunch break i'm like dude there is no way this took less time than getting a fucking sign like there is no <laughs> way you had to find the car first and then have it painted the painting took place either way the, like anyway so um <laughs> They they turn this freaking thing into this uh, fortified high speed tank with submachine guns mounted on either side. It looked like something out of Mad Max. It was Holy absolutely shit. awesome, and they never use the the like armored up vehicles for that long in the episode. It's usually just like a cavalry run where they just like you know point it at the bad guys and hit the gas and it's like a you know a short couple minutes like of of action but it's still fun and i actually i don't recall them actually using the machine guns on either side now that i think about it they were there we saw them mount them but i don't remember but they just had them in case they were uh, probably there for intimidation purposes. I'm, if I have were, to use my expertise yes. on this one, yeah, I do yeah. the same. They yes, I would absolutely do the same. <laughs> Very intimidating, um, more so than T's messy mohawk. It was extra messy in this episode. So I have to mention this hilarious thing. So the the episode starts out, and it's like it's like a music video being shot at an auto plant you don't even see the characters of the show for like the longest time and it plays this like two minute song and it's like this like country western southern rock like it's southern rock really it's southern rocky kind of like molly hatchet and it's like mm-hmm. it's the name of the episode it's trouble on wheels the guy's like oh trouble on wheels and like trouble on wheels, trouble on wheels. and like it's so funny right and then I'm like, like, but wait a minute. This isn't a thing that this show does. This is the weirdest fucking thing. What is this? So then it comes back later when they're doing the car, the car chase sequence and it does the trouble on wheels. I'm like, this is a special magic episode. This gets its own song. Like none of the other episodes do this. And I looked right. it up and it's like, yeah, it's just this weird. And people are like, what is that? What is that song in the trouble on wheels episode? And they're like, oh yeah, it's trouble on wheels. And then so I was like, <laughs> that's the song. I was like, this must be a real song. No, it was written for this show. What the random? It's oh, wow. Any by, chance it was written by somebody on staff? Uh, well, it was a guy written by a guy who did a lot of other stuff for TV. Uh, this guy Stephen Geyer, and it was performed by Joey Scarberry. And the duo was also responsible for many other TV songs, including Believe It or Not, Greatest American Hero. Walking Walk on it. On it, on it, on it, on it, on it. 
Uh, yeah, so that right there, only their their rendition was not only not good. quite as uh, bad as mine. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's just this weird weird thing. So then the next episode I watched, I won't go into it. It doesn't matter. But it was it was called what. <laughs> season four episode three it's called where is the monster when you need him and the only reason why i tracked this one down was because there's you know i mentioned the cylon was in one of the shots in the intro yeah. there's another it, shot where where hannibal is like like in a godzilla suit or something somebody okay. opens up like the neck there's like a door in godzilla's neck basically and uh there's his face and they just they just hand him his stogie so he can chomp on it and smoke for a second totally remember that yeah it's like i've always seen i've never seen that episode i'm like what is that why is he playing godzilla well so uh long story short he's uh because the episode wasn't even that good but they were they were filming a movie even though they're on the lamb they were filming a movie because that was that was hannibal's other thing besides making all the plans he was an actor so he would always dress in disguise and take on all these characters to like infiltrate places or whatever and so he uh, apparently we learn he he's been in a long line of swamp monster movies where he plays the, the monster and he does mention Godzilla. And this movie, this fake movie was called um, <laughs> it's called Gatorella. Gatorella. <laughs> Gatorella. <laughs> that and does not roll off the tongue well. He was a mutant alligator and uh, you only saw the head of Gatorella very briefly they mostly just showed you the unfinished suit when it was on him but the head only had one eye it was a cyclops alligator really creepy and gross um anyway uh just kind of funny so i'm watching this episode and the car there's a car chase and what fucking song comes on i can't drive 55 even better that's a good one it is trouble on wheels well of course you don't say of course it is i'm like wait wait, wait hold up wait, 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 wait. am i losing my mind I'm like am i am i staring at the inside of my retinas what what's happening right now is this real life like and, and i'm like no no there no i'm like am i playing the wrong file did i do i have multiple tabs open like no it literally plays in this other episode so i'm like okay maybe it's something that they just did in a bunch of episodes even though i've never seen it and I Just looked it up and there is there. nothing, nothing on the internet about the song Trouble on Wheels other than people wondering what it is. It was in this episode. Everybody says fuck? it's it's in the episode called Trouble on Wheels, which I watched first. But then it just so happens to be in season four, episode three. Where is the monster when you need him? At the end, when they do the car chase, they play a bit of it. And they, with the with the lyrics and everything, with the actual singing and everything. I could not believe the coincidence. That is so damn weird. Huh. I, I feel like you need to do a deep dive on this and watch every episode just to make sure it doesn't show up in every episode. It could literally be the action sequence uh, song like for car chases in the A-Team and they just play various snippets of the song at various points. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it's it possible. just might be like some character might just say trouble and then later in the episode they say on and then later <laughs> someone says the word wheels and they're like, it's in there. Yes. We got it, guys. We hit the quota. <laughs> we can't oh, organically so work funny. the sound clip. I'm just it so happy that I watched the episode Trouble on Wheels before I watched the monster episode. I know. What are the odds of that? That's <laughs> so fucking random. <laughs> so weird. So anyway, 
Turns um, out there's only one episode of the A-Team where Trouble on Wheels is not featured, and that would be the pilot episode, because they hadn't decided on the joke yet. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not so even weird. It's actually, it's like, imagine that. I don't know. <laughs> that's so funny. So that's it. I'm done. Uh, A-Team uh, is a show I loved, and I loved watching it again for this episode. The awesome. third episode I'll mention real quick, um, just because it had an awesome guest star, the recently um oh no 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 he's no we didn't lose him no he just celebrated his birthday that's right we we've lost so many people we lost ray liotta today as of uh, the day of recording oh this. yes um yes yep um and the drummer from yes died today as well. oh yes Jeez. oh man yeah um and the guy the keyboards from uh depeche mode as well all today oh no yeah depeche mode they're devastated. But, um, they had a current tour. Uh, anyway, James Hong. James Hong. Um, yes, yes, yes. Who is just, he just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's, I think that's also why he was in the news. Um, so he was in, he was in an episode that I watched, which um, it doesn't matter. I, I wrote it down somewhere here, but Mind Games. <laughs> Season four, episode nine, Mind Games. I looked up best A-team episodes. This was number one and I watched it first and it was funny but it was just pure comedy pretty much. And it was just all like a lot of face in this uh, face. Got a lot of face time. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, I've said enough. So uh, a team, uh, a team rules. That's, that's my pick. I definitely uh, remember A-team high school football rules. Yes. Yes. I remember <laughs> staying up late for sure to watch the a team. And I, uh, I was very proud that I had an adult show that was in my roster of favorite things. Nice. <laughs> as silly as that is one of the things i think i liked about it as well was it had a very like obviously now being older and looking back at it, it had a very um uh, ronin-esque style yeah. feel to it like that, that they were just you know disgraced warriors had to go off and do their own adventures mm-hmm. um which uh looking back now you know it was amazing to think of but um you know uh, i also loved in the movie the, the movie was just fantastic to me because it, it held true to the original theme of the show. Um, and they just updated it like, but with technology and cell phones and satellite imagery, et cetera. But that wasn't like the focus, like those mm-hmm. are just tools that they used. Like the, like the spirit of the old show was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they sent the, when they sent uh, Murdoch the DVD and it was indeed an episode of the A-Team and then the van crashed through the wall and the actual Humvee <laughs> crashed the wall at the same time. It was like, what? It was amazing. <laughs> I loved that movie so much. I actually got to see it again. Seen it 10 I, times. Wow. I, I only saw it once and I did like it. I just don't remember it that well. I got I, I got I should check it out. Yeah, oh I got to check that out at least. Yeah. And, and that... look for, look for the trouble on wheels reference in that as well. Trouble on wheels. And, and the, also, like what? Just look, go, look it up on YouTube. Look up A-Team Trouble on Wheels. You'll find it. You think you think Definitely. I'm not currently listening to it? I've been listening to it for the past. <laughs> you think minutes. you think that's you think that's air you're breathing? Been, I think that's air you're breathing now. <laughs> it's been on loop this whole time. It's been on loop since yesterday. Trouble on wheels. <laughs> it's only like uh, a minute and yeah, it's, it's like 57 seconds. It's not a real song. It they just made it for the show. It's so weird. Yeah, they said it was in a Greatest American Hero episode, Hogwild. Right? That's what you had said. Well, no, I didn't. I said that they they wrote that song, but I also had read that. Yeah, it was also used in an episode, apparently. But the so same weird. So weird. Who yeah. is Joey Scarberry? 
He just did a that's lot gonna, of... That's going to be a crow's nest. Who he is did Joey do... Scarberry? <laughs> uh, he's no Hoyt Curtain. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, we should do a peek behind the Hoyt Curtain. <laughs> I wish we would. I wish we would. Hoyt Curtain mentioned now nine times on the Retro Keep it coming, ladies and gentlemen. Next time is going to be uh, be a big number 10, so watch oh. out for that. Uh, before then, though, we have we have Phil with, uh, with a show. So, Phil, what do you got, my man? So, um, I'm going to talk about MacGyver. Um, oh. MacGyver was awesome. I loved him so much. Um, I was probably seven when it came out. Um, and that was prime for any of the crap that he'd pulled off. Um, so I have a little bit of, uh, uh, dug up some, some history on this. It was nice. really, uh, factual and very informative. Um, <laughs> it, nice. it first aired in 1985 and lasted for seven seasons, um, which a whole, a total of 139 episodes. Um, did you know that it was executively produced by, um, Henry Winkler and John Rich Productions? What? No, I Ooh. didn't. Wow. Wow. I was today years old when I found that out. I was this minute years old. <laughs> this minute. I was five days ago old when I learned that. When I looked. This <laughs> oh, up. my God. <laughs> um, so MacGyver, you know, it was a show about... I, I think there were so many shows back then that had this same kind of premise. It was, it was a, a show about a, a Vietnam vet slash secret agent slash jack of all trades, right? Every show seemed to have, especially back yes. then, had a, a Vietnam vet guy yes um uh named angus macgyver um angus wow his ah. name is angus i had no angus idea MacGyver. <laughs> he worked for uh he worked the phoenix foundation and uh he had his biggest uh attribute was his encyclopedic knowledge of all science um that sounds like some the, fucking bullshit man how, oh, how does this man know that is oh, he chuck from the show chuck did no, he have pos- science downloaded into he's his brain? Just a, he's a Gary Stu. I mean, there's lots of them, you know. I, oh, I to- Gary Stu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I go that back to sounds like Bonsai, a super- but MacGyver is is a Gary Stu as well. Damn. Okay. All right. So he he had such foibles or, or, or things he had to fight against for the uh, week, uh, things to the week. Um, we had terrorists, the mob, fire ants, bombs, more bombs, <laughs> poachers, oh kidnappers, assassins, <laughs> thieves, bombs again, bandits, and other miscreants, because I just ran out of uh, synonyms is, on that one. But, is that... <laughs> um, they all were legitimate. Just oh my god, the fire ants. Red ants. That what? <laughs> yeah. Was fire ants? Is that a is that a metaphor, or is it a the name of a terrorist group, or is it literal? Oh, no, fire it, was the, it was the red ants. The, the red ants were climbing on him on that episode. Wow. He had to pull off his like radiation. And he's suit like, and, I can't you know, MacGyver huh. myself out of this one. Did he, right. he? I don't think he used his own name as a verb. I don't. Know if, that's uh, that's that, for us. That to maybe was a step yeah. too far. That's for yeah, us. He to wasn't do surreal later. enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's the legacy I guess, of MacGyver. I guess Richard Dean Anderson can't MacGyver himself out no. of this one, guys. <laughs> no, he left behind the verb, which is good. Uh, did so he ever his... fight? Uh, did did he ever fight Quicksand? That's another big '80s nemesis. Oh, yes, it is. I don't know, but I, I somewhere in my notes in here, I do have a mention of Quicksand. So, oh, good. Um, um, uh, one of the things is he he doesn't <laughs> like to use a gun against any of these bad villain things um, due to a tragic backstory of accidentally shooting one of his friends when he was twelve, um, which I guess they mentioned in some episode. I couldn't find it. But um, anyway, uh, he prefers is a Swiss Army knife, duct tape, and anything else he can possibly find. Um, 
the show was praised. The, the spring from a ball ball peen, a ball point pen. Ball point yeah. peen. <laughs> it's always using it was, that spring was, out of the pen. It was pra- it was praised for the clever solutions that he uh, implemented to seemingly unsolvable problems, often in life or death situations requiring him to improvise complex devices in a matter of minutes were a major attraction to the show, which actually um, it was praised for generating interest in the applied science fields, um, particularly engineering. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. Is... I mean, like what other shows make you feel like, oh shit, dude, engineering might be really cool. Like there aren't that many where that's really the takeaway. You know, you might just think, oh, it's cool to be, you know, be able to build shit. But like this dude was out there pushing mechanical and engineering and electrical engineering like to the masses so that's actually pretty cool yeah he he made engineering sexy back when it was not well he did have a mullet for a while so i don't know how sexy it got i mean at the time that was the height of sexy i mean every (sighs) hockey player had one of those and and they have like girlfriends and stuff all of them guys 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 did we pause for the macgyver theme song we did not we did not okay okay i just i just want to just want to remember okay um but one of the interesting things that I found while looking at this was, I swear to God, all of the random solutions that he came up with were actually vetted by consulting scientists. Oh, They all were legitimate and could work. Whoa, um, whoa. There were oh, a few. Shit. Do I need to these... watch MacGyver now? Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> but there were a few of these, these solutions that they had to manipulate um, and like omit certain ingredients or whatever for like so nobody could copy them to like make a bomb like when because obviously oh, at right, some point sure. MacGyver had to make a bomb to yeah, fight a bomb because you're just getting a um, tutorial to you know do all kinds of yeah shit. so they had it's, to it's they YouTube. had to they had to pull it back a little on that which was actually really interesting <laughs> i didn't know that uh, uh, burn notice did not worry about that that was just one big giant tutorial it even went slow and step by step so you oh, could learn it did. i loved burn stuff. notice too actually that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um so actually, speaking of that, uh, MacGyver is currently classified as spy fiction or light espionage. Um, light? Light espionage. Yeah, I, was, I didn't know that was a genre. Today. Lower calorie than your average espionage. Right. <laughs> it's espionage clear. The new new espionage free. <laughs> oh, crystal espionage. Crystal espionage. <laughs> that one, like a band. That one didn't catch on. So similar shows that uh, fell into those genres were Airwolf, Knight Rider, um, Alias, Chuck, which you guys already mentioned, and Burn Notice, which actually you guys already mentioned. Nice. Um, Way to go us mentioning relevant things. I know. Yes. Yes. know what we're talking about. I never thought Um, anyone would care about Chuck. That was a good show. (laughs) One of the (laughs) things that I always thought about this show, though, is that because of everything that he could do, but he also had a little bit of sarcastic, you know, wit to him, that he was kind of like, you know, if the Scooby-Doo gang were one person and it wasn't high comedy. No, it's like, no. Yeah, I me. mean, he, he is probably attracted to his own self. You got the, you know, the Fred and Daphne thing there. And then and then he would probably also eat a big ass sandwich also with himself. So you got Scooby and, he, and Shaggy. So and he loses his glasses and then he loses glasses and somehow develop new lenses out of like leftover like electrical tape. He would like melt down Hershey Kiss wrappers to create a fine, you know, yes. opaque film and and put it on his eyes. Dude, I don't think yes. you you've ever seen this. Show. You don't. You're not making any sense there, Tim. 
it's he did everything with duct tape and a spring everything was duct tape a spring and then like okay some other the thing. lint that you had in the coat you wore last year no it was and a rubber lint band from the coat. and a ballpoint peen no. and <laughs> it was a ballpoint peen you're right <clears throat> i mean richard dean anderson probably had a ballpoint peen if, we're, if i'm being completely honest he's gonna he's gonna come after us he, he he's is. he's not he has he still has that stargate money he's good he's fine right true so the three main characters of this show were angus MacGyver, who we already know richard dean anderson i, I can't um, believe his name is angus that's, that's insane so, that's so awesome uh, it's, i it's never awesome. knew this so 80s um yeah. uh, there's a uh, uh, dana elkar i have no idea if i'm pronouncing that right uh played pete thornton who was his boss and recruited him to join the phoenix foundation oh, a, a male uh, dana that doesn't happen all the time male dana yes yes <laughs> um and uh, also uh, Bruce McGill, um, who was uh, played D-Day in Animal House, and he was also uh, in Time Cop. Um, he played Jack Dalton, yep. who yep. you know he was he was the buddy. He was always a yep. uh, you know out for a score and trying to make a quick buck, and uh, always would end up somehow in trouble, and MacGyver would have to rescue him for whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, totally. You know, so there were actually, as I was going through the cast list on this there were a ton of guest appearances and some had recurring uh, episodes and, and um, a couple of those um, Terry Hatcher was actually in six episodes of this. Oh, um, wow. No way. Cuba Gooding Jr. Was in four episodes. Um, and <laughs> oh my one of them happened after uh, one year after he appeared as boy getting haircut and coming to America, which was also around the same time as boys in the hood aired. Oh, uh, huh. there's an, another random person who I don't really know, um, but her name is Alyssa Davalos. Um, she was in eight episodes. I don't know her. I don't remember her, but her daughter is Alexa Davalos. Oh, yeah. Who's an actress who's been in Riddick and Clash of the Titans and Man in the High Castle and all sorts of other stuff. Yes, yeah, I, uh, I actually so. first saw her on uh, on Angel, the Buffy spinoff Angel. Yeah, yeah. She had like lightning or something, right? Yeah, she was like, yeah. She was uh, Electro Gwen, I think was her name, which is weird now that Gwen is also a Spider-Man character. Anyway. Right. Right. I mean, she was um, at the time. So, anyway. uh, right, right. So just to continue on, uh, uh, Richard, uh, Retro Octopus patron St. James Hong uh, yes. also appeared in four episodes. Um, Maya nice. Bialik and Dick Butkus were in three episodes. Not nice. the same episodes. I checked. Um <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched uh, the show Silk Stockings back. Oh, I remember Silk Stockings. Yeah. Um, Mit no. Mitzi Capture, no. who was the main uh, female character mm. in that, was in a couple episodes. Um, Henry Gibson and Tia Carrere were also in a couple episodes. Damn. And nice. um, Blazing Saddles Sheriff Bart, Bart Cleveland Little was also in oh, two episodes. But uh, that's amazing. I, I'm pretty Cleveland. sure he didn't get to say, excuse, There's no way he got to say, excuse me, while I whip this out, though. I wish he that did. That would have been awesome. Uh, right, right. It would have made the whole um, thing better. And but I will say he, he, here here's the coup de gras of cameos. Uh oh, Don S. Davis played two episodes. Firstly, as cement truck driver, who MacGyver made dump as wet cement into a car that had a bomb in it to prevent the bomb from exploding. And then he also showed up later on uh, as a villain of the week um, as a poacher who this time got a name and a few lines uh, in the episode. But if you don't know, Don S. Davis went on to become Major General George Hammond in Stargate SG-1. Yeah, very cool. With yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he was just a he's one of those character actors who would just, you know, he did like episodes of a million things. And uh, and I think, you know, with Stargate, he was able to actually get a role that, you know, he was very successful with. But that's right. That's really cool. It was I remember uh, I was just looking up as you were talking. I remembered that there was like a TV movie that was uh, about Atlantis with with MacGyver. And uh, apparently he did two TV movies of the show. Uh, Lost Treasure of Atlantis is the first one. And then there's Trail to Doomsday. Dum, 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 oh, but sure it wasn't Trouble on Wheels? Uh, it, <laughs> it says Trail to Doomsday. I, I, I could, a trail could be doomsday. wrong. Could be wrong. I'm not sure. That you're is, on the uh, trail when your troubles on weed. Trouble on doomsday. Uh, doomsday on trouble. They, th- this was a show that existed for so long. I, I, I hate to admit it, but I just I don't think I've ever seen an episode of MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of people either. probably didn't. I don't yeah. know. Like it was, it was clearly very popular. I will so say that the. Uh, the neighbors across the street had a very small white terrier um, and his name was MacGyver. And they, they just called him Mac. It was a really long time before I realized, before I learned that it was actually short for MacGyver. MacGyver. But uh, this was, this was definitely a popular show. Uh, I know a lot of people who loved this show is very successful. Um, I really just, I don't know. I just, I really don't think I ever watched a full episode. I saw parts of it, but yeah, I mean, uh, MacGyver is, I I feel like a show that I have seen a lot of families watch. Like if I go to a friend's house or, or, or like, you know, families are getting together or whatever, like MacGyver was on at some point in time, Mm -hmm. but I've never sat down and watched MacGyver, but it's also just one of those known quantities that it's like, when you talk about MacGyver, you have this like ancestral knowledge of what it is. You're like, <laughs> I maybe have never seen it, but I know exactly the gist of it. And, right, you know, yeah. it's like, there's certain shows where it's like, if I haven't watched it, I don't know a single thing about it, but you know, it's like MacGyver, the concept, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's still used all the time when you like, you know, whip something together, slap something together, use whatever's in your garage. You're like, you MacGyvered that shit. Yes. You know? So it's just, it became like part of the zeitgeist it's right uh, it's just really yeah Yeah. just a local term so i i should definitely watch it i think that's fascinating that they had a actual team of scientists and engineers vet like some of the crazy shit that he put together just to give it a little bit more clout like not like anyone was asking but that's right right yeah 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 Right at the time, I mean, TV like A Team is so unbelievably silly. Every everything that they do with their builds and stuff are just <laughs> cartoonish. But like you know, they they ate was... every part of the elevator. <laughs> they did. They, they <laughs> well, they cannibalized it. And I guess to be true cannibals, they would have to be part elevator in some That's way. True. Right, they didn't cannibalize it, but they just, you know, they used all parts of the elevator. They did. They used all parts of the elevator. It's important, <laughs> just like our, our our Native American forefathers did before us. Um, 
I, I'm just learning there was a reboot uh, of this show. There Did was a reboot. It, I That was actually next on my notes. It it, it start, ran from 2015 to 2021. It starred uh, Lucas Till as hmm. Angus MacGyver, um, but I actually never watched it. Um, but I know that, that uh, Lu- Lucas Till um, was in the X-Men movies um, as Alex Summer slash Havoc. Yes. Uh, but that's oh, okay. all I know him from. And I never watched the show because um, I can't imagine how uh, how this show could have existed in today's day and age with like smartphones and satellites, technology, anything. Right. Right. Very true. Should, like, oh, no, I'm trapped under a, a, a anything. I'm trapped in a warehouse with bandits coming outside. Uh, let me call 911 or Google any, you know, something. And, and right. You know, Back then, right. they had modern to like, day conventions you know, just make everything seem trivial. Like, oh no, I, I need yeah. to, I need to learn how to pl- do plumbing. How do I do plumbing? How do I MacGyver right. this? You like, oh, well, I can hop on YouTube and I will uh, learn how to MacGyver this. So, right. Uh, right. And meanwhile, he's like trying to skip it, skip the ad, skip the ad, skip the ad. Come on, <laughs> come on, goddammit, I should have paid for YouTube Red. <laughs> so funny. You know what? That that's a really good point with this show that the modern technology really hinders the concept. It, or seemingly, I mean, if it was on for that long, that's that's impressive. That's not nothing. What five five no. seasons or so? It it says uh, ninety four episodes. That's that's a decent amount, you know. That's yeah. pretty good. But yeah. no, I never saw the the reboot either. But, so um, just just yeah. a couple random spots of uh, yeah. pop culture stuff that this went through. Um, in The Simpsons, um, uh, Patty and Selma were obsessed with MacGyver. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, recall. yes. Um, they also, uh, going back to the, the zeitgeist MacGyvering of stuff, um, in 2006, uh, Richard Dean Anderson uh, was played MacGyver again, but this time in a Super Bowl commercial for MasterCard. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. And in, he, he managed to, to cut ropes, binding him to a chair, using a pine tree air freshener. He uses a, a tube sock as the pulley for a zip line. Somehow repairs and hot wires a non-functional truck using a paperclip, ballpoint pen, rubber band, tweezers, nasal spray, and a turkey baster. Um, in, and then, you know, usually in the, those MasterCards back then, we were like, you know, showing that, you know, it's everywhere you want to be. And this one actually uh, did a flashback part where it's showing him... Um, um, buying all this stuff ahead of time, so we just always had it on him, um, in order to escape death traps, etc. It was actually a really, it was a fun little Super Bowl ad. Uh, it was great. Up. It was really great. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it was the most ridiculous aspects of the show mm-hmm. in a in a commercial, and it was it was exactly I, what I the world needed. I totally remember that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I loved that. That was really great. Even though I wasn't a fan, it's like it's it, it's still there's nostalgia there. Like there's right. still for me. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. That was so great. Um, because he really like to me, I don't know what else he uh Richard Dean and Anderson really did other than the two big things, MacGyver and Stargate. I, I don't really know anything That's else. They needed to be worth 30 million dollars. Well, there you go. Uh, actual I mean, actual currency. maybe he's maybe he did other stuff i just that's what i'm saying i just don't know personally but right um, i just feel like he is even so if he MacGyver. those two things are huge you know yeah for sure i mean macgyver one is last just... thing on the one sorry one last yeah. thing on the background uh of stuff um before i get into the, the episode i watched um so it did spur off um, um mcgruber on saturday Night oh Live. right 
Good. Yeah. Uh, yep. I never watched it, but like basically, it, 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 I guess the gist is that he never saves the day, and the bomb always blows up. Um, but uh, <laughs> right. and I, I guess like I did a tiny bit of research on it, and I guess MacGruber is really MacGyver's son, and I, it, it was complicated and stupid Saturday Night Live, so I didn't watch it. Because <laughs> I know that actually has a show going too, right? Like, isn't that its own show? MacGruber? I don't know, but there were a couple of movies. Oh, there's a movie. Okay. Who knows? I, I didn't. I didn't gotcha. get that far into it. Well, before uh, you get into the uh, the nitty gritty of the episodes you watched, uh, do you want to play the theme song right now? Oh, definitely. That's what I was just gonna say. Awesome. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right, let's do it. iconic of a theme song so awesome um, i could just p- picture mm-hmm. picture the you know the the, the stuff exploding and, and yep. you know snakes and you know very <laughs> indiana jones light yes stuff. i i right. love i love all of the theme songs that we're going to play tonight so much they're so yeah. good and it really is just one of these things we've talked about a lot you know we've done these musical episodes the themes from a memory episodes and um it's it's amazing how good theme songs used to be in shows it really they is did. Yep. they were so good yeah so much thought and i don't for. think we've played any of the themes t- that we're playing tonight in any no, of our themes it. from an, a memory episode yeah so these no, are these are all yeah. almost totally... positive you played an, uh, the a-team theme before really on, on one of those yes hmm. that does uh, seem like the, like yeah, the okay it is yeah. possible I, I i do quite like it well okay well maybe i did but I don't think the other three anyway, though. Definitely not MacGyver. And yeah, uh, MacGyver. I, I, I love it. Awesome song. Awesome song. Yep, so uh, what keyboards? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what so, what uh, what episode did you watch for your research for your, so your debut I, appearance on the Retro Reductive Suffering podcast? Actually, I so I watched an episode, uh, season three, episode nine, mm-hmm. um, that I remember very, very vividly from uh, my my youth. Um, it's called Hell Week, um, and I actually watched it with my nineteen-year-old uh, who uh, didn't know of MacGyver, kind of knew of the meme, but um, had never seen anything about it or whatever. Um, so he was riveted, and by that I mean he watched, he played on Instagram his entire time. Um, so riveting, anyway, yeah, yeah, that is the definition. Right. He was that... very, very. He did look up every so often, like, huh, what? He didn't. Oh. He didn't scoff, <laughs> and he didn't like 
sigh a bunch no. of times or anything? He didn't physically no, he really recoil. Didn't. So oh, wow. The, he he loved chest. it. He loved it, clearly. Yes. He loved yes, it. This, yeah. This, yeah. yeah. He was elated, um, I'd say. So anyway, so Hell Week um, <laughs> took place at, at, at MacGyver's alma mater, um, something university. It doesn't even matter. Um <laughs> Because it was a made-up university. It really doesn't I, matter. I, I it's not, it was WPI. <laughs> that would have been But cool. um, so, so this this one, it, it had a barricade competition that physics department undergrads participated in. And um, Mac, uh, he got invited to be a guest judge by his old friend and professor, who also was a Nobel winner. Um, his character is Julian Ryman, um, who was played by... Uh, an actor named Lawrence Dobkin. Um, and I actually looked him up and he's been one of, he was one of those old timey character guys that were in like one episode of every show ever yeah. made from the fifties yeah. on. Um, but so when we first see him, you know, we see the, from the get go, that uh, professor Ryman's a hard ass. And when Mac talks to him about his son, um, who's one of the students in the competition, Ryman basically says his son's a disappointment and that he's disillusioned with all his students. You know, they don't care about physics. And yeah, he was just came across in today's world would be like a very boomer kind of way, like just the kids suck. Right. <laughs> and, 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 but he really did. Right. And um, he never said the words ne'er do wells. But um, he, it was definitely implied, right? Yeah. And for those who don't know, ne'er-do-wells, uh, my mom used to say it all the time about stuff um, <laughs> of people that um, were never going to amount to anything. Um, yeah. So I use it all the time in front of my kids, and they just look at me. <laughs> I got a I got a coworker who's like five years younger than me, and he says it all the time. He he loves the word ne'er-do-wells. I it's think a great word. Come back. It's a great word. <laughs> I'm gonna get a tattooed on my knuckles, like Elwood Blues. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have enough nuggles for ne'er do wells? Maybe if you um, I phones. might have to change the font, the font size. I don't know. We'll so, some, some of the knuckles have to have like two, three letters, but it'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Right. That'll be um, but so one of the things that I really liked about this episode was the ingenious ways that, that, that this competition showed its way, uh, uh, how it was done. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, the whole point is this they, we come in on the finals of, of the. The, the competition there's four students and each one has barricaded their dorm room with some various contraption right and the the object is they go to somebody else's door and try and get in using their ingenuity um and uh it was really f quite fascinating um, some of the stuff like one student he had a variety of uh uh, deadbolt door locks on the inside of the door but some were locked and some weren't so the you, you would take like nine thousand combinations to mm. figure it out which one was right oh, neat. um but like ultimately the guy that solved it had like he'd got like this giant cartoon looking you know uh horseshoe shaped magnet and threw on some like iron filings uh on it and it would the, the, the magnet somehow would magnetize the filing so you could see which deadbolt was engaged and you could turn the, you know, anyway, he, he figured it out, but that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Test. Like I thought you were going to say there was a Gorgian knot sort of a scenario answer where like somebody was just going to slice the whole thing with a sword or something, you know, like, Oh, yeah, you, you know, blow your plastique. That's, that's the key. Know, that that would have, that would have solved the, the, the problem a lot simpler. Um, <laughs> but I do believe they weren't allowed to break down the door. 
Okay. Um, no, so, that, that's I mean, really cool. That's very interesting. Um, they could have theoretically climbed into the ceiling tiles and climbed over and unlocked the door the other way, but I think that would also have been frowned upon. But that's what I would have done in one of these. Um, uh, but another student had like that's a, a you know everybody MacGyver's door. differently, Phil. Everybody MacGyver's yeah, the same way. to, to eat their true. own Angus. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Angus their own. Right. I used to uh, I used to MacGyver some things myself back in the day. Yep. <sighs> I would uh, take a pencil and uh, just stab a big ass eraser with it and just throw it at people. That was like my hammer. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh my god, that's your version of Mjolnir. I don't yes. know if that's the same <laughs> as anyway. Don't take. This I would away imagine that, I mean, that would almost made look a, more like a hammer out of a pencil and an eraser. Like that <laughs> is MacGyver. Bill, you just got to power through. You got to power through. Yeah, Wouldn't that kind of make it like uh, 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 one of those reflex hammers that the doctors have? Like the oh yeah, the eraser, yeah, kind yeah. Of yeah. Same yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a yep. peen point hammer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a ballpoint oh. peen. <laughs> the word we are trying to get to is ball ballpoint hammer. Ball, ball. But can I just say that I fully have enjoyed this ride through fucking with Steve because I have fucked this word up so many times because it's a ballpoint pen and yes, a ball, a ball peen peen hammer. hammer. Yes, but the I number know. of times that the word peen it's enters broken. my fucking brain when I try to say ballpoint pen it's all, is it's ridiculous. Instant. It's instant. It's like, oh, it's a ballpoint peen. It's a ballpoint <laughs> pen. You're like, no, it's a ballpoint pen and a ball peen hammer. And the <laughs> ball peen hammer is the thing you use for testing the fucking reflexes. There you go. No, it's a ball peen hammer is like a it would put like nails, like little nails. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's you, true. You, the ball point has a little ball at the end of it. Yeah, you just right. like little little nails. So yeah, not so the, from. Yeah. My <clears throat> so, so the if, peen is just the cylindrical flat yeah. side that's like a hammer See, even if you were yeah. in the even if you were in the bad place and you had to have your peen flattened every day because that's what they do there that's how they roll they wouldn't right. use a ball point hammer i mean a ball <laughs> yeah it's it's all broken it's, it's all, all for they would use a bit anyway my point is they would use like a harley quinn mouth so even then, it's not. The, that's true. It's that's not true. The it's, it's, it's not, not the reflex. It's not the reflex hammer, yeah. but it is. It is what triggered yeah. me to think of this and also revel in how many times we've managed to mention this this episode, and then also the reflex hammer. So I'm sorry. We, we should just shorten it to dick hammer anyway. I mean, it's just easier to remember. <laughs> the dick hammer is the my dick penis. hammer is my penis. That's what I call it. It's a good name. All right, let's uh, let's see if good we can get name. re-railed. Phil. Yes. Anyway, so uh, it was, you know, the last two things were uh, the last two uh, barricades. Somebody had a time lock on their door and um, somebody else had, uh, you could see through the little peephole that there were, there was a a balance with two water glasses on the scale Mm -hmm. and they were, uh, you somehow had to um, change the volume in one of them to have the scale tip either direction, which would complete the circuit to open the door. Uh, that was kind of fascinating too. Um, <laughs> That's but, cool. Uh, yeah. So a, a couple random tidbits on some of the people that played these kids, these college students. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, They're all in their forties. They are actually. <laughs> uh, one of the guys was um, the 
kind of like the, the talkative one um, of the group, which he didn't actually win anything. Um, but his name was Aaron. He was played by John Cameron Mitchell, um, who actually the only thing I've ever heard of him in was um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. If you ever heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played Hedwig. Oh, no and um, he's also um, in the upcoming uh, Joe and Joe versus Carol uh, miniseries where he plays Joe Exotic. Oh, so this kid has gone that's places. Actually out. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, but so, I did, um, I did not realize that that guy playing Joe Exotic was 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 Hedwig. That's really funny. You got an angry edge, angry edge. Yeah, the typo version of that song is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so on on for this episode, so I'll, I'll talk about the two finalists on on the for this competition. Mm-hmm. Um, one was uh, Jeffrey Kramer, um, who actually uh, was played by Ted Cole. And um, his main claim to fame um, is he's a voice actor, usually for English dubbing of anime. Um, he was um, in Dragon Ball Z Yamcha. Um, oh. Every incarnation wow. of Yamcha, he did the voice of. No kidding. Um, <laughs> that was his I, signature I role. He treated that like like Lon Chaney Jr. with the Wolfman. He's like nobody else is playing this role except for me. Um, but he and and that that guy Jeffrey Kramer was definitely like the preppy douchebag type that would be like you know you'd see like in the 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 movies the eighties movies where there's like the the ski loft and the, yeah the, 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 you know those kids it would be that kid right he'd be one of them he's just a blonde douchebag um, he's just a all purpose all yeah. purpose blonde douchebag for all of your eighties movie villain needs he he might have even had a members only jacket I'm not positive <laughs> but he did have some weird <laughs> nylon rayon sort of coat thing. Um, and then the the last guy was um, uh, David Ryman, was which is Professor Ryman's son. Um, this guy was uh, he was uh, the actor was Andrew Sabaston. Um, he also did a ton of, of voice work in kids cartoons. Um, namely, he was um, uh, Yoshi in the 1981's Super Mario World. Oh uh, God, that cartoon. Yoshi was insufferable. Oh. Wait, the Yoshi in the movie? No, in the show. No. No, the, the show, show. Oh, the oh, Mario yeah. Brother, the Mario World show, oh, no. and he would right. complain and about being afraid of water. I remember. Yes, right. I, I vaguely recommend recall that as well. Uh, I think he talked like a he baby, also, but yeah, yes, he, yes, he did. He was also uh, the voice of Diddy Kong from the Donkey Kong Country cartoon that ran oh. ran from uh, ninety seven to two thousand. Oh, um, well then. But so anyway, yeah, that's 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 Pretty enough cool. of the history of this crap. Um, <laughs> So, um, uh, so this guy, David, um, he, he's the, the clearly like the professor's son. Um, and, uh, he, he made a mechanical looking device, right? It pushed against his door when it was engaged, but it looked like a, a you needed a garage door opener to do it. Um, but through his peephole that, cause that's how you could see into it, see kind of what you were looking at. Um, there was actually a, a periscope, style thing on the door that showed a dollhouse size miniaturized version of his room identical to what it looked like but the including the little contraption that he had mm-hmm. um, but the, the, the main thing was that you if you uh, triggered the garage door opener that you could see you know you could see that the thing moving but the dollhouse version of it worked opposite so if you think you just unlocked it, you really locked it because it did the opposite of what you're looking at. 
Um, That's trippy. <laughs> it, it really was. Um, and and he, he he sat there. He explained this to his girlfriend that he was so, you know, giddy about to talk. about. Oh, I can't wait to show you. I can't wait to show you. I really wasn't pulling for this kid at all, actually. Um, but he's the uh, 80s, 80s ski villain. I mean, he sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, no, this is this is David. This is the oh, son. OK, the, the, oh, sorry. The, the Kramer was the the, 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 the ski kid. Um, <laughs> he's the one with the but, dick um, hammer. Which one? Yeah. Who's got the dick hammer? <laughs> It's got to be the, Might have been the girlfriend, actually. The girlfriend yeah. had the biggest balls out of anyone. Oh, but um, anyway, uh, uh, he was showing her his her this contraption. But um, meanwhile, uh, Kramer pulled out one of those like sound catcher cone things that obviously every, um, you know, engineering student had because, you know, I don't know why anyone would just have this lying around in the room. But anyway, so he eavesdropped on the conversation so he could hear the whole explanation of how to do it. Um, but at the same time, his dun, girlfriend dun, noticed a pile of pills. Dun, dun, dun. He was curiously stacked in the shape of Jesus Christ. He was taking speed, though. You know, that was the, the, that was the thing to, to do back then, right? You know, have a, a good substance abuse episode, right? Alex P. Keaton had one in Family Ties. Yeah. Jesus Spano had one yeah, in yeah. Yeah. the Bell, yeah. you know. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there weren't enough Quaalude episodes, but there was a couple. It's usually right. usually speed. You know yeah. what Quaaludes are. Right, Ludos. Yeah. Come on, I, Ludos. Let's I 100% remember that Alex P. Keaton episode, by the way. Anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so uh, eventually, um, you know, uh, saw the kid, the, the professor's son was um, like seconds away from from completing his the door he was working on and um this kramer guy uh unlocked it and you know he made the, the the announcement that oh it was all an illusion it was never locked to begin with right and um and then uh the david he got super depressed he's like i'm never going to amount to anything and he ran off and blah 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 um right and then uh, i'm gonna be a so dentist Oh, it really was. Yeah, it, it was that he, the same style, like borderline out the window as well. Right. Um, so and then MacGyver, like everyone kind of ran off to like go celebrate or whatever. MacGyver was like looking back and around the door and was like, this is ingenious. Huh. Interesting. Right. So then um, he, he found uh, uh, Professor Ryman um, later on at, at the after party. And, you know, he wanted to talk about David's mental health and, you know, and, and He's like, well, no, it's just pressure, you know, pressure. You make diamonds out of coal. These are going to be fine. Right. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't uh, work it's with strategy. people, dude. You think he'd know he, he did win a Nobel prize apparently. And frankly, um, if you used too much pressure it actually turned me into a diamond, that's fairly inconvenient for my life. So don't, don't tell me that crap. And don't, don't you cite Emma Frost because that is not how it happened with her. It's no. a total. It's a total coincidence. Yes, yeah, so like wicked different. You have to have like a mutant gene. It has to activate, and then you roll the dice, and it's like a ten billion sided die, and maybe you'll get diamonds. It's it's not something you can repeat. It's not. You might get a rocket powered kidney. I mean, that's not helpful. Yeah, you might get a, a rocket powered <laughs> kidney. <laughs> oh that would be the you're... worst. That'd be the worst mutant power. Yeah, because it doesn't give a shit that the rest of your no, it, 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 it just shoots <laughs> rocket fuel. Oh, see, I was thinking it rocketed out of your body, and you could only do it once. 
Oh God! <laughs> oh shit! I was just thinking that like the the you know the power that 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 runs it is is jet fuel, no. and that it would just be like sh- blasting. I don't know. Anyway, point point is, <laughs> I, don't roll the dice. I was envisioning one kidney being rocket fueled and one not, and because of that, the rocket fuel one just makes him spin around really fast because you know that's a different also shitty power is only one rocket powered kidney versus a, a matching set and it's gonna blow out your back too i mean that's, oh yeah, that that's oh, yeah. what i'm thinking it's gonna really blow your kidding. fucking back out really bad shoot out kidney stones like a machine gun mm. so anyway pressure does not a diamond make okay Okay. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so so then then MacGyver and Professor Ryman uh, went over to this other kid, uh, Kramer, and said, you know, there's no way you knew how to do that. You had the explanation, but you didn't even open the door and look in, right? Which he didn't. Um, so then he, he did confess that he cheated and, you know, oh, well, we got to find David. He's the real winner. Um, and then uh, when they went off to his, his dorm room, they found that his girlfriend was on a sp- the speakerphone, which actually looked like one of those Charlie's Angels style, um, like alarm clock from the 80s that just had a, a voice coming out of it. If you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, David um, locked himself in the physics lab and built a bomb because he was so despondent um, on this. Right. So then. MacGyver and Professor Ryman ran off to the physics lab. Um, but meanwhile, while they were running off, Professor Ryman said, you know, I don't think this, this, this episode has nearly enough drama. Let me drop this bombshell of the nuclear physics lab is directly above my lab. So if that bomb goes off, the plutonium in the other lab is going to go nuts and kill everyone miles. Um, okay, he didn't quite say that, but uh, that's basically <laughs> what I got out of it. If you read between the lines, that's exactly what it is. <clears throat> it's basically yeah. what he meant. That's what he meant, uh, for sure, yeah. And yeah. then, and then they, so they get to the physics lab, and, and you know, uh, David's sitting there, he's like chugging a bottle of uh, Jack, and, you know, he just looks like a mess, and, um, and but the, the, the lab already has a, another barricade trap on the door to the lab so they can't get in there's like a motion sensor and an electrical field and and you know all sorts of stuff and the people get this description this description sounds like if a escape room was created by an asshole like (laughs) this whole episode is just like one more thing like there's just never we don't we don't need more things Right. Like, oh, my God, it just keeps going. It's like, you know, a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a box. Like you have 4000 boxes to get through MacGyver. Can you make it like I don't know if it was an asshole. I don't know if it was an asshole who developed this escape room or a a, a psychopath, but same or or a five year old. Like they all kind of could potentially there could be overlap. Oh, yeah. Either way. Yeah. And that kid grew up to be the guy from Saw. Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So anyway, we're in we're in like the final like few minutes of the show now. And Mac he ran off to go find supplies out of the janitor's closet, you know, and and he he comes back and he he's got like two chemicals that he put in a spray bottle somehow, and he he spray one and then spray the other, and it turns into a smoke screen, and the motion sensor doesn't see us, so they can run in and unplug it. Meanwhile, David's passed out on the floor. You know, he ran over to the bomb and they started to try and unscrew the bomb case. But the, the screws are attached to wires that are wired into the thing. It's fail safe. You're never going to open this up ever, ever, ever. Um, 
uh, end, and there's a mercury glob in the middle of this little disc with all these wires almost touching it. So if you move it and the mercury somehow touches one of the wires, the whole thing's going to blow up. At, plus the plutonium lab, and um, uh, you know, plus there are velociraptors and uh, they're on. <laughs> you got, got flamethrowers. <laughs> And, and, uh, and yeah. dick hammers, oh all God. sorts of stuff. At least a ball peen hammers would fall out of the ceiling. Oh my God! They're just oh, raining no. ball peen directly hammers. onto your peen. Oh my it's God! No good. <laughs> they magnetized so, to peens only. They were. Tr- MacGyver ran off to go find the liquid nitrogen tank because he could, could somehow get enough to spray in to freeze the mercury, which obviously didn't work because the box was sealed. Um, so they're like, oh, you know what? We can send this into the basement. So they, they put it on a cart somehow very carefully, very tensely. You know, the music's really amped up. It's, you know, like only a couple levels from the top of Tetris, but, you know, that kind of they ramped up music. And then he, they, they, they get the thing over to the, the yeah, they, they get the bomb on the, the thing over into the elevator. Um, and um, naturally, the professor hits the kicks the wedge that's holding the door open. So that way they can get back out and just send it down. So now they're stuck in the ball in the elevator with this bomb. And it's like, oh, my God, there's like a minute left on the timer, because, of course, there's a timer, too. Um, in case I didn't mention that, but um, so <laughs> of course uh, there is. <laughs> what does the so timer MacGyver, do? It just counts to zero. Nothing. Just yeah. <laughs> so MacGyver grabs, rips open the elevator button panel and grabs a couple wires and somehow squeezes them into this, you know, nearly impenetrable box to create a, 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 a to arc the wires directly under the mercury to somehow evaporate it to make it mercury gas. So therefore, it can't touch the wires. And I mean. The, it, you know, it's just a lot. It's like, just a lot to keep track of. Oh my god, it was, yeah. it was crazy. The notes I, feel like I was I've thrown up in my this. mouth three times. <laughs> At this least the tension on this was amazing. Oh my god, my anxiety. But, um, <laughs> so, so, but, but they did. They did. They did solve it. They did. You know, it was like one or two seconds left, and you know, they, the mercury thingy did break or whatever. So, problem solved. And you know, and then they see you know David being taken out on a stretcher, going in an ambulance. Professor Ryman's holding his hand, and he's like, "I'm sorry, David. I should have had more time for you." Blah 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 blah. Um, uh, you know. Oh, and one of the things that while while MacGyver was off getting this the smoke screen chemicals, they were talking, and Professor uh, that David's like, "Dad, when's my birthday anyway? You were never around." And 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 Professor Ryman's like, "I think it was in May." And he's like, "It was June 6th. So <laughs> he's <was laughs> just a dick, dick who cared nothing about his kid. All was all career. If anybody deserves a dick hammer, it's that guy. It would have been him. Yeah. For sure. And um, but so. Uh, my, my son at the end of this episode did say he's like wow this is a pretty heavy episode um so he was i guess paying attention but like it was a very it's, heavy it's how they do I don't it remember, it's how they do it i don't remember the other episodes being this heavy really uh, hmm. but i do remember this uh you know i could have i mean the drug episodes these- always were like that right like they would yes. all they would always get super real like even the drug episode of saved by the bell is going to be like super real Right. The, drug, okay. the drug episode of Sonic cartoon was kids. There's nothing more cool than feeling good about yourself. But if you have to stick a needle or a pill in your body, that's no good. <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> that is no so, good. I can't dude, believe last... you found another episode to, to say that in. That's <laughs> any chance I get, man. Any chance I get. Uh, so the last thing I want to say on this is is the plot holes that I that I came up with while watching this. Because okay, okay. 
this whole thing happened about an hour or two after the competition ended. And in that time, he set up this barricade um, in the lab and made a bomb and got wasted with like, there's no way he had, he didn't have all this stuff set up just in case he failed, mm-hmm. um, which, which uh, you know, I guess, but I don't know. That just seemed like had it been the next day, it would have been something else. But I was like, you know, listen, if you go into a competition like this, like you got to aims high, right? You're going to try and win. None of this, like, well, my failsafe is I built the bomb and I made an electrocuted uh, door that no one can enter. Um, and I'm going to blow everyone up in the entire campus. So, ha, don't uh, threaten me with your time. And I have <laughs> velociraptors with flamethrowers and all sorts right, of right. the other bad yes. stuff we haven't even gotten to. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, wow. that was MacGyver. And that was a journey. Yeah, that was. It really felt like, well, yeah. you know, I, I've, oh, I've, I need oh. to shave again. I, it's been so long. I think yeah. maybe go back and watch a more fun episode. The, the drug episodes are always, always heavy and tough. Right. Yes. They yeah. gotta be. It's a. It was a serious, very Hello. serious. Subject. I'm, I'm trying to escape reality here. <laughs> well, when it's time to talk about drugs, it's time to get back to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can do it. Yeah. Well, Phil, th- that was a that was a hell of a presentation, Thank man. You. Thanks yeah, for this. I, I maybe yes, don't yeah. need to watch MacGyver now. I feel like I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> you can watch a different episode. episode. I went back and forth throughout that whole thing, but I think I landed on, on you guys. That. They're not all they're not all the drug episode. It's just the one. Okay. No, okay, you're right. You're right. It's just it's the, a... they, there was a kid doing speed. They, you, you can't do that more than once. There's a Ludo. It's an unwritten law. Yeah, a ludite. A, a luddite. Yeah, the, the quay luddites. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know if that's what they're called. Uh, I don't plan. I don't claim to. Speak for our for purposes, that. yes. The answer is quay the luddites an- do chase. They chase you around with a ball peen hammer. They, got <laughs> they, they do. They do. <laughs> no, if I don't do quay luddites, they're gonna hit me with. <laughs> so, um, without further ado, uh, Nintendo, uh, would yes. you like? Would you like Phil to pass the ball peen hammer over to you? Oh yes, please do. Okay, so I want to play with that. Pass. Okay. That was the sound. <laughs> Passing. <laughs> Go for it, man. What, what do you got? Okay, so my pick is the amazing Dick Hammer. Yes. Uh, the director's uncut. Director's uncut. <laughs> the uncut Dick Hammer. Yes, yes. No, just kidding. Um, actually, uh, my pick is V, the original miniseries. Oh, the original uh, miniseries. It was a miniseries. Yes. And uh, that came out in 1983. I was just a wee little lad back then. And uh, <laughs> before, we, be, before we get into that, though, let's Here's play the theme song. Sponsor. The word from our sponsor. Yes. <laughs> it's just the show. <laughs> First, a word from our visitors. Yes.
Nice. That Epic. B. Yes. Epic. Sci-fi. I remember it. Great lyrics. Good. That one. So good. Um, <laughs> love those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Uh, so this was a two-parter. Hmm. Uh, they there was a uh, a sequel miniseries called The Final Battle, but we're not going to get into that. Um, so it's going to concentrate on the first one. And uh, so were, were there two miniseries and the show? Uh, I think the show was was the reboot in two thousand nine. No, no, I don't no. recall if there was like a yeah. There was a show back then. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was miniseries and then a show, so I didn't remember that there was two miniseries, but yeah, I was just wondering. But yeah. anyway, continue. Um, anyway, I'll look it up. So, okay. Um, so the inspiration for the show uh, was from uh, Sinclair Lewis, who uh, he came up with a, a, a anti-fascist novel called "It It Can't Happen Here" back in 1935, mm. and uh, so the whole point of the show was these quote unquote visitors uh, who look like quote unquote humans uh, who fly <laughs> using fly quote unquote saucers air quotes. Quote unquote, quote, yeah, I'm using, you can't see me. So I'm, I'm doing the air quotes. We can hear them. I'm doing air quotes. Here. Yeah, no, I, you're pronouncing them. I can hear them. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait, can, can, can you hear that? Yeah. Wait. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Totally. Wait, that, I'll, I'll, is, is I'll just do that for now. Okay. Wistful now flapping of your two <laughs> index fingers? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's okay, I thought so. <laughs> oh, that was wistful fapping. No. Sorry. That's different. <laughs> I'll tapping with the tapping with the dick with the dick hammer. Dick, yeah, I'll stop. Continue. Okay, continue. Continue. Yes. So um so 50 huge saucer-shaped ships just like cover like all these cities and all they want to do is they they want to help the human race they like oh we'll give you your tech we'll give you like our advanced technology we'll help you with oh how nice and all this stuff it's like and people like oh these guys are so super i love them what's the opposite of like voluntold like oh my god just like asserting yourself i don't know that's a that's just not welcome no thanks visitors yeah yeah keep your stuff yeah no thanks no thanks but you know of course you know plot twist these aliens are really evil <laughs> oh um, no i would never would have guessed oh never would have guessed um the v the red v looks so friendly and inviting i know right well actually that's that's from the uh that's not from the the aliens themselves that's from the uh the resistance oh my god they're like okay, they're, they're, okay. they call themselves victory or something i don't fucking know whatever makes sense um it totally makes sense yes um so what they really are as you find out later on which which really as a kid really freaking grossed me out they're actually just like reptilian humanoids and they they wear this human-like uh uh skin uh, synthetic, synthetic skin with human eye contact lenses and oh my god like just the, the thought of <laughs> someone getting getting that that thin layer of like fake skin just peeling right off and revealing the re- reptilian Ugh. scales and everything oh 
really God. sounds honestly, like a very like, special uh, episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It does. Oh, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, every third it all makes sense now. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah, and yeah. It's creepy. So, it's like well, it's really well done makeup. It is effect. well done because yeah, it's like yeah, two it layers awesome. on top of her actual skin. Because it's of course right. it's like well, it's a real person, so she's got a real skin under that, and then the lizard on top of that, and then the skin skin on the fake fake human skin on top of that. And, right, and, it, right. and it wasn't like bulky. It was all very. It just looks great. I'm looking at it now. It like still looks good. Yeah, they look yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's yeah very definitely. Well done. And uh, they also like to you know eat lots of meats mm. like human meats mm. Meat but they don't, they don't, yes so yeah it's like this this is one scene where uh the the leader from the uh alien race i forget her name uh diana diana thank you so original um hey don't blame me her. dude it's it, i didn't name the character <laughs> i'm not blaming what, you why okay? are you still your me. fault you're, I'm blaming Phil. Be- I'm blaming I'm Phil because he spells his name the lowercase p. Okay. Like, he can, <laughs> I he, I corrected it. Okay. He got, he got better. Sure you did. He got better. Under he got peer better. pressure, though, I know he's going to change it back when we're off yeah. the call. Peer, peer pressure with the lowercase p. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm changing it back now just for the hell of it. Oh, do it. Look what you did, Joe. God damn it. Oh, yes, he did it. Why can't you just leave well enough alone? Oh. Because I'm a because I'm a dick hammer. Because oh, well enough shit. loves company. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So what this scene that that really like freaked me out, like oh. al- almost as much as you know the, the skin peeling skin off peeling, and yeah. everything was Diana. You know, like her like jaw like unhinges and it extends, and she takes like a I I think it's a like a uh, a guinea pig or something. Some yes. small animal, yes, and eats it. Yes, and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that scared me as don't, a kid. Like, don't put that oh in your God. mouth. No, oh yeah. And I remember, I remember seeing this at my aunt and uncle's house. Like, I'm, oh, I'm looking at it now. It is, it, it is a guinea pig. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, my my uncle has friends over, uh, and uh, I, I was actually spending the weekend over there. And they said I couldn't watch it because it was no. This is a great one for this episode. It really is yeah, like this. Yeah. yeah, this was it. This was more adult. This was too scary for me when I was a little kid when this came out. Like it's scary. Yeah. And so I I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I know I I got up and I just like kind of like peeked around the corner, mm-hmm. like 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 what kids do, mm-hmm. and I just yep. like just 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 watch and like oh my god, I am literally getting sick to my stomach watching those scenes of faces getting ripped off mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. eating guinea pigs like oh my god so gross but uh yeah i mean the, the story was pretty cool um uh the whole point of the aliens coming to earth was to pretty much take over the world no why not I mean, why not? Why I mean, that's not? what yeah. aliens it's, do, right? That's, that's, that's their main point, right? You know, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, rising right. to the... To so the so, so they, yeah. they want to use humans as, like, a food source and save special ones for, like, slaves or maybe, like, fighting their, uh, fighting their wars against other species or whatever. Um, they, they come up with... Uh, I forget what it's called. It's like some some type of dust. It's like a dust that only affects the aliens. It just like it almost kills them or something. We'll call it spice. Yes, we we'll call it spice. That's a drug. 
uh, we'll call it time because time's a spice. We'll just call it time. Yes. We'll call it oregano. No. <laughs> oregano. Coleman. Oh yes. Um. So once they figure out how how to defeat the aliens, the aliens like you know they escape. And then they do eventually come back in the the sequel miniseries. So there. So yeah, the way uh, it works, there is no second miniseries. It's a, it was a show. So it was a show. So the yeah, the first miniseries has two parts. That was yes. 1983. Uh, so there's two episodes technically. And 1984, there was a single season show that ran from 84 to 85. Oh, um, oh, oh okay. So that that's the final battle then. That would okay. make sense. Okay. So, so that was yes. like uh, 19 episodes. Um, yeah. And that starred Mark Singer from Beastmaster. I'm not sure was he in the the miniseries as well. Um, oh wait, hold on. He was not in the. Oh yes, no, he was. He was in both. Yep. Mar- he yep. Uh, playing Mike Donovan, Mark Singer. Yep. Yeah. Mark Singer. Mark Singer. Yes. Yes. And another person who was in different the guy. Show, different guy. Uh, was. Uh, Joanna Kearns, who is the mother on uh, Growing Pains. Oh, uh, very cool. Oh, yeah. Oh. Huh. Yes. Huh. Huh. Yes. Um, in the show, Robert England is actually in all, all 19 episodes. He's so oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. For, you know, Freddie. And uh, Jane Badler is Diana. She's in everything. She she was like the the main villain, right? She was the queen. Michael yes. Ironside, legendary voice actor and film and television mm-hmm. star. I just saw um, him in Scanners. Oh, nice. Yeah, Scanners is he's like pretty much his big thing, I think. But I mean, to me, he's just just dark side. He's just right. Like, oh my god. Right. Yeah, yeah. The best dark side ever. So good. Right. Right. Well, I mean, honestly, there's really not much to talk about I mean, because it was a miniseries. But yeah. Well, honestly, I like think, but, uh... a great pick. I'm so glad you picked this because this, this, I think more than any of the other picks are like, like I said, this was something we probably shouldn't have been watching. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember seeing, now I was four when this came out. So, like, I do remember seeing, like, I don't know, like fleeting glimpses. And I remember being very scared. Like, yes, I remember there being a lot of uncomfortable um, scenes where like, like people are going to get eaten or, you know, the, the, the flesh ripping off. That's all like very different than anything I had ever seen before. And it really was very different for the time. I mean, it's cool because it's, it's an alien invasion show or, you know, the Mm -hmm. first one's basically a movie count the miniseries um yep. and it's like horror you know like alien is such a great example of you know sci-fi horror but yes. there isn't yeah. like enough like there's not enough sci-fi horror there's there's some but this is a really good example of um of it as a show and they really created a very interesting like this a monster it's a race this race of of bad guys right. they're right there are these lizard people and they also they're they they leave you with shock and awe because you've never seen anything like that special effect before that's really cool right at least on television yeah or at all like i I can't think of another thing that 
that that's what the deal was like they're peeling their skin off and there's like there's lizard lizard skin underneath like that's that's awesome yeah that's, yeah i like i, I, cool. I, yeah, I literally can't think so, of another thing so that creepy that. looking very cool yeah great pick Thank you. This was one of those shows that I actually never got to watch as a kid because um, my mom forbade it and we only yeah. have one TV. So um, I huh. couldn't really um, get up after the after bedtime and try and watch it on my own because we only had one TV. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would love to watch this. I have never seen it either. Um, yeah, I've just yeah. seen parts. I really would love to watch the miniseries and then the show. I mean, it's not even that long. You're right. talking about 21 episodes. OK. Like no big yeah. deal. Yeah, very whatever. cool. I'd love and to see there, this. And there was that 2009 reboot too, but I don't think that did yeah. very well. Yeah, I, yeah re- I remember that one. Marina Bakarin was the the queen it's, in it. Yeah, Scott yep. Scott Wolf was in it too. But did she eat a hamster? She ate a mouse. <laughs> okay, good. She gobbled that little thing. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch it, but I just in searching for stuff as Joe was talking, I did see that um, guinea pig scene from the original was redone as. Uh, as a mouse, oh my god, the the CG on the aliens looks so bad in that reboot yeah. show, and and it's so freaking disappointing when stuff does that. You you would get that same problem when you would have like a a cheap straight to video sequel of a of a big budget movie where, like the whole, the, like a big part of the draw of that original V show was the the groundbreaking, very disturbing realistic makeup effects and you've replaced that not just with cg fine i won't be i'm not going to be like grumpy grandpa oh you know you're doing your your kids and your cg that's fine but you replaced it with shitty cg it's not even like yes decent it's terrible terrible so you took like one of the best parts of the original and you you ruined it like i hate when that happens so much i know such really a bummer a shame it's such like, a yeah. missed opportunity they, they needed to go sure. into it differently and realize that the effects really needed to be on the forefront of their minds of like the production cost a big deal should be the creature effects because that was such a thing that's what everybody remembers everybody remembers the half ripped off face where one eyeball is a lizard eyeball and there's green scaly skin around that and if you're going to do a a cosplay it's going to be that um it's it's just a an iconic thing um it's a yeah i think i would i would go as far as to say it's an iconic makeup effect i mean it is a tv level but it's really great so yeah it's done really well really cool yeah, the reboot was definitely a shame. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that the, the effects were just awful. I, I could envision this being like on MST3K or something, right? Yeah. That's how bad it was. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, I would love to see it like as like a, a well-done movie. Yeah. Like yeah. today, because yeah. technology's yep. gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. They can definitely pull it off. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love I love evil alien invasion stories anyway. I mean, the aliens are fun, yeah. you know. It, it, it's a it's a classic sci-fi trope. You can't beat it. Yep. Yep. Um, really cool. Awesome, man. Great job. Thank you. Nice. Nice. All right. So eight bit. Um, you're gonna take us home with with your pick, and then we'll get into the octoponder. 
Sure, I'll take us to the halfway home because yeah, have take to us. Go. <laughs> well, I mean, take us home on uh, segment one. Yeah, well, segment yes. two is going to have to be a little bit shorter than segment one. Of we're gonna have a new yes. new record for the longest episode. We love breaking right. records here at we Dr. Bush. And now that we are fast approaching the four hour mark, there is <laughs> literally nothing stopping us from inevitable entropy. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's let's wrap up this this amazing first half of the yes. episode here. So, the the you know the idea of staying up late and and checking out a show that you were maybe not supposed to see or you know it wasn't you know necessarily targeted at you or whatever. Uh, you know, for me, I was I was really trying to think, and and I don't think that there were any shows that were necessarily adult or or something I wasn't supposed to watch. Like I think you know joe your pick definitely i agree feels the most like that and i kind of wish i did have like a juicy secret show that i watched but uh the the one that came to mind that i really loved was um staying up late and watching the monsters mm-hmm. uh and so this was on tv land i think when I, by the time i was watching it mm-hmm. um but you know as many people probably know the monsters uh was a a sitcom from the 60s ran from 64 to 66 two seasons with 70 episodes and you know the whole deal is that it stars this family of wacky you know monster inspired people that are you know called uh, american transylvanians or whatever transylvanian american as (laughs) as they refer to it and uh and, you know, the, the show kind of just focuses on stuff that you're probably more familiar with things like the Adams family. You know, it's like a, you know, atypical household. Everybody kind of looks like a monster. Everyone thinks, you know, they act differently. They're weird, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the whole time you're kind of seeing like how much we're similar and how much we're, you know, alike and there's beauty below the skin and it doesn't matter what you look like and all this other stuff uh so the monsters was kind of doing this in the 60s um and and honestly for me it just it really caught my attention because of the monsters obviously like that was an interesting enough thing for a black and white show from the 60s to entice you know a kid my age you know at the time i was probably less than 10 when i was watching it um and you know it's like trying to trying to entice anybody of of that age with like black and white programming is not always the easiest thing because mm-hmm. you've had color right but you know I, as a kid i distinctly remember being like i i really like the monsters the show is so fun and funny <laughs> and it's just it's cool so like if i happen if the tv happened to be on like later at night or i definitely remember i think turning it on uh when you were living at home steve and going into the bedroom where your tv was like i i just i feel like really remember watching it in that setting Hmm. but um i don't you know don't know how exactly it all played out but anyway (laughs) really really liked this show uh so to get just into a little bit of facts about it it was created and developed by alan burns chris hayward norm liebman and ed haas some of whom were known as the creators of leave it to beaver the mary tyler moore show dudley do right and a show that i've never heard of before but has a hilarious goddamn name called my mother the car <laughs> i don't know that one <laughs> i do not know i've what... heard of it i i, I never saw like it. I feel like I need to <laughs> dig deeper into my mother, the car. If, uh, um, if if Scott Clevenger was on the show with us tonight, he would remember. I'm sure of it. What is that crappy cartoon show where the kid turns into Tur- a car? Turbo, Turbo Team. Team. Turbo, Turbo Team. Team. Yes. Yeah, Joe's, okay. Joe's favorite I feel like show. 
<laughs> like Turbo Teen was definitely born from my mother, the car. It's actually a, an autobiographical show about Turbo Teen. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, the cast of The Munsters, we had Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster, who I must say is just, he's just sublime. He's just absolutely phenomenal. Sublime is, sublime is the word. Sublime. Like, I, I just so perfect. Uh, Yvonne DiCarlo as Lily Munster, also phenomenally mm-hmm. perfect. Beautiful, funny, strong, everything. Just incredible. Al Lewis as Grandpa, who, I mean, is like the lifeblood of the show and mm-hmm. just yep. keeps everyone interacting and everyone mm-hmm. together. I mean, god damn. He's so iconic. Yes. Um, Butch Patrick as Eddie Munster. Um, Beverly Owen as Marilyn Munster for the first 13 episodes, and then they recast Marilyn as Pat Priest for the rest of the show. Yeah, see, I actually prefer Pat Priest. Yeah. I feel like I would have to agree. Uh, and then I had a couple of credits for the voice of the Raven. It was originally Mel Blank, who is very well known in all kinds of voice acting. Uh, and, you know, specifically Looney Tunes, right, Steve? Oh, uh, yeah. He was the voice of like every Looney Tune. Every yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, just the voice of everything. And then Bob Hastings uh, became the voice of the Raven. Um, but yeah, so the Munsters, like I said, they're a Transylvanian American family that lives at 1313 Mockingbird Lane Best. in the fictional city Best. Of, of Mockingbird Heights, you know, in case you hadn't had enough. Uh, and, you know, the, the show's idea was to use just like a family of mostly supernatural seeming people, but also satirizing the typical family sitcom and, you know, having all those tropes of like the, you know, the well-meaning father and the, the loving mother. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a grandparent or someone eccentric who comes along and, and the, the, the kids and whatever. So it's, it's definitely playing on that. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I genuinely found the show funny. Uh, despite having a very aggressive laugh track, I felt like it was it was enjoyable enough not for that to be a problem. Um, also, I think when I was younger, I didn't think about laugh tracks as much as I do now. Like now, mm. I'm so hyper aware of them. Yeah, they were so yeah. much more right. common back then. Now it's yeah. it's like oh god, if I hear one, I just hate it because right. um, like, I've what? I've been weaned off of them. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, just just a very fun and funny show but also the the life of each character the the life that is brought to each character by the actors is just really why this show works i mean herman munster is just so damn believable as this frankenstein character but he's got such an amazing voice of just pure like gravel but also like he's he's got so much presence and and his voice is so deep like he's just an awesome strong father figure while also being like a total goofy dork and just all the you know just being very silly and often you know a lot of the comedy in the show like that that role is just incredible Mm -hmm. and and you know every person who plays the different monsters like i feel like it's very easy to have different favorite monsters because they're mm-hmm. all so great. It's not so like true. everyone likes the one guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. even the kids are, you know, I, I, I thought Eddie Munster was, you know, cool, but I felt like for me, he was just like, like he was like my role in the show. Sure. So it's like, I thought of him less as that a was, he was the same age as you were at the time. Right. And, so yeah. that was just kind of like my window to the world. So that was, you know, I didn't really, I, I overly like, you know related i just sure. like replaced him so 
but yeah, I mean, everything in the acting department was was really where it's at. And I mean, the 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 pet under the stairs, you know, the pet dragon, like seeing the flamethrower spot blow out and everything spot. Right. And and the way that they had done the makeup and all that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, you know, something like what we do in the shadows is is kind of addressing that same genre. And for that, the monsters was crazy, crazy ahead of its time, like super black sheep status. Um, and you know, it did, it, you know, 70 episodes isn't bad, but I was surprised it only lasted two seasons before yeah, it, it inevitably two. got, you know, reboots and reworks and stuff that changed the original cast and, and all that stuff. Right. Um, which came way later. Yeah. Cause they, right, which they came so much later. Yeah. So, you know, what's really funny. Um, I, I actually just recently listened to a, a podcast from it's, it's from quite a while ago, but uh, after Gilbert Godfrey passed away, I, I don't know. I just really like Gilbert Godfrey. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he had a, he had a podcast for years and years, tons of episodes. And I've um, it's just called the, the amazing colossal podcast. <laughs> With Gilbert Gottfried. And um, there is, I was actually today listening to an episode where he had Butch Patrick on. And he was saying a bunch of different anecdotes that I thought were really neat. Um, One thing is uh, that I thought, it's like, wow, yeah, I never considered this. Now, uh, Lily is, Yvonne DiCarlo is very short. She was like 5'4". Obviously, Herman is just gargantuanly tall, right? right so, right. so he looks so tall. So everybody kind of seems short, which is ridiculous. Uh, Grandpa Al Lewis was six uh, three. Holy shit! Like you wow. just don't think of him as a tall guy. He's got like a, a round face, and he's just so much shorter than than Herman. Right. But now, now he was six three. Fred Wynn was six five, but he was wearing special shoes that made him four inches taller. So he was almost Jesus. seven feet tall. He was pretty wow. close, um, but pretty crazy. And I guess uh, Fred Gwynn's costume was so padded because he was just such a string bean. He was so padded that he actually had to have like air conditioning pumped in like through a tube. And at the end of the day, it's like the same thing they said about like um, like Bruce Campbell said on the set of like Evil Dead 2. Um, like you, at the end of the day, uh, Ted Raimi played the the monster henrietta in evil dead 2 like the mom who comes back to life and oh, and that's just wow. ted Raimi all in like you know massive amounts of latex and stuff at the end of the day um they would he would take off the henrietta feet that were the boots and just turn it upside down and like a gallon of water would freaking pour oh. out from sweat yeah and oh, uh gross. apparently that's what butch patrick said of uh fred Gwynn as well he said herman's boots would be like filled the sweat by the end of the day, it was so hard. Foot juiced. Uh, it's just so gross. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty interesting. Also, apparently, uh, Al, Al Lewis, just he had a he had a restaurant that was called Grandpa's in New York. And uh, apparently uh, it was owned by John Gotti, the mobster. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> but it was it was like he was. The face of it. It was it, it was thought to be owned by him, but it was secretly owned by John Gotti. Um, but he was Al Lewis was there all the time and he just wanted people to call him 
grandpa and uh he just loved he just loved 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 that role and also al lewis and fred gwynn previously were in car 54 where are you together Mm -hmm. um so this was actually their second show but um yeah lots of fun monsters lore out there i mean it it came second to the adams family adams family was out first um and i guess that the in the pilot um lily's played by a different actress and uh, i've never seen it but um she got recast right away because they thought that the actress was too similar to Morticia and the way she played oh. it was too similar and all this stuff. And they brought on Yvonne DiCarlo and she had a, just a completely different approach. Yvonne DiCarlo was a, was a movie star. She was really like the movie star that was on that show. Um, and she, you know, was kind of slumming it really and at the time she her husband was uh, had been injured he was like a stunt guy i remember reading about this um i just love old hollywood stuff is really like i just very oh, fascinated yeah. by it but like like her her husband was a stunt man and and it was like severely injured on this movie and and she had to literally pay for everything she had to be the breadwinner and she she started to take jobs that she didn't want to do but like you know whatever she needed the money and then the monsters came along and that was one of those jobs and um and stuff so she was used to playing this exotic you know sexy beauty and in this show she obviously is like gorgeous like i've always preferred lily over morticia Morticia, personally uh i mean lily's just so fun and so great but she's just so beautiful it's ridiculous and um i think that um it's so interesting the butch pointed this out that she played it without any sexual energy at all she she was just a hundred percent housewife of she's like any any 50s housewife would like that's that was her energy she had mom energy at all times and um it's just it's just funny and that's what they needed they're like yes this is perfect this is different you're not just gonna so different you're not gonna be you know compared constantly to morticia and really the two are so different then you can love them both they're both so great um but um, I, I just, I love the monsters so, so very much. And there was uh, the last thing I'll mention from the, the Butch interview. I just loved this so much. He said, he's, he said, he's always said this. Um, the, the, the easiest way to tell the difference between the Adams family and the monsters is that the Adams family were monsters that looked like people. And the monsters mm. were people who looked like monsters. Oh, yep. that's nice. Right. Yeah. That that really is totally succinctly like the best way to to, to depict them to and yeah, it's, I love that. it really is one of the you know greatest examples of something that stands on its own despite having clear inspiration. So, you know, I said I said earlier I had it backwards, but um, you know, those two shows totally exist, just like, you know, Metallica and Megadeth totally exist. But, <laughs> you know, it's okay. We, we we know who's right and who's wrong here. Well, um, it's interesting too because the Adams family was based on the the comic strips by Charles Adams, who had these characters and had been running this very successful uh, comic strip. I think it was in the New York, New York Times. It was like it it didn't have a name. It wasn't even called the Adams family. It, it had just, no name, and none of the characters had names. None. So interesting. It yeah. was just a named an unnamed strip. And over time, people started to call it just like the A-Team van. Like it didn't have a name. It's like people just called it 
called it the Adams family because his name was always on it. So it was like, oh, it was the Adams family. And when yeah. the show came around, they're like, look, we want to adapt this. None of your characters have names. What do we name these guys? They had right. to come up with names and they did it with Charles Adams. So that was all previously. And then really the genesis of the monsters was uh, universal monsters. We can still use them. People liked them some time ago. It's been a while. Let's do something with those characters. We have, there are, there are characters. It was universal that did this show. So yeah, there is that Metallica Megadeth sort of vibe between the two. They definitely are two sides to a coin, but it's interesting how different, you know, like the Genesis of each show actually was, Um, it wasn't just a, they weren't created at the exact same time. And, and one, I don't know if you could say the monsters was copying the Adams family. I mean, maybe they were like, well, there's a creepy, funny show. What can we do with that? Oh, we have the monsters. So I'm not saying there was definitely no, you know, copying. There was definitely probably some like, Hey, maybe we can capitalize on this uh, Adams. Just like in the same way that, you know, there was 10 million different sci-fi movies came out after 1977 at a certain point. Yeah. Um, so I want to, um, I'm just going to kind of push things right along so I can get through some of the other stuff I had written down. So um, the impact, I think there's there's a pretty impressive impact for the show uh, based on a few things that were said uh, later on. Um, so, you know, Al Lewis, again, in an interview with Daily Variety, explained that we could do a lot of satirical pointed things on society that you couldn't do on an ordinary show. He also said that philosophically, the format is that in spite of the way people look to you physically, underneath there is a heart of gold. The Munsters reflected changes in social attitudes during the civil rights era. And in 2020, a speech that Herman makes to Eddie in a 1965 episode, Eddie's Nickname, went viral. Uh, and there are memes of it all over the internet now. Uh, and it is Herman saying, the lesson I want you to learn is that it doesn't matter what you look like, whether you are tall or short or fat or thin or ugly or handsome, like your father, or you can be black or yellow or white. It doesn't matter. What matters is the size of your heart and the strength of your character. And that was a quote from a 1965 sitcom, The awesome. Monsters. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. It's so poignant. Yes. And it comes from a place of just total unexpectedness, you know, very similar to like what we were saying about the the drug addiction episodes of shows like this clearly was the show really taking its theme and taking it somewhere important, you know, and, and saying, you know, this is what we're saying. We're mm-hmm. saying that you love this family, regardless of what they look like, that it matters what's on the inside. They are they are, you know, people that look like monsters and you accept them and like that's just so intensely powerful you're right yeah um, yep. and, yeah and and i mean you know maybe not intended to be that poignant at the time but um, really so butch patrick said that it was he said that a lot of people missed that and that's that's you know it's sad that that got missed but i'm i'm really glad that that is a thing and it's it's always so nice when you can look back on a piece of medium and not feel like apologist about it because of things it says yes. or does. It's like, Agreed. no, this thing like had its shit together in 1965 yeah. and understood humanity in ways that a lot of people don't. Right. Um, so that's so that's awesome. That's really powerful stuff. Um, to to kind of lighten things up a little bit, I have to. I can't not talk about the theme song. Um, 
<laughs> we we have to hear it uh, because I didn't pause for it, right? Did I forget? Right. 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 So, Very true. Good. Cool. I couldn't remember if I forgot that we paused already or anything. But anyway, <laughs> here we go. The theme song for the monsters cannot be uh, left undone. Let's hear it. Oh, that's sick trombone, man. It's the sickest trombone. I feel like I want to go get a box of chips ahoy, you know? It's like... So the Munsters theme was composed by composer-arranger Jack Marshall. Uh, described by the writer John Burlingham as a Bernard Herman meets Dwayne Eddy sound, um, which is important for people who know either of those people. I am not one of them. Uh, the theme was nominated for a Grammy Award in 1965, and the song also was originally written with lyrics, which was written by co-producer Bob Mosher, but the lyrics were never used. Uh, interesting. I never knew there yeah. were lyrics. Yeah. Just like the original Star Trek. Oh, Really? Yeah, there were lyrics for that that Leonard Nimoy supposedly sang, but uh, never got aired. Oh, thank God. Bilbo, Bilbo, <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. Strangest little, little hobbit of them all. all. Uh, also <laughs> worth noting uh, in the music department, uh, a sample of the Munsters theme guitar riff was used in the now very popular song by Fall Out Boy, Uma Thurman. Which uh, I think I there's a lady by that same name. There, there is, there is, there is. You know, huh. modern music loves to be referential. What a coincidence! Uh, yes, I remember when this song was on the radio, and I kept saying, "Why the fuck is the Munsters theme all over the goddamn radio?" And it turned out that it was this Fall Out Boy song. And you know, then I had to, you know, pull out my old man card and say um excuse me youngster do you realize that this guitar riff is not actually from fallout boy they took it uh and of course nobody gives a shit uh, but yeah so uh and it's also it's also about uma Thurman. like it's about i think her character in uh pulp fiction but anyway it's 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 weird but it samples the shit out of that that uh that surfing guitar riff there i love it uh, and then i have to talk about Dragula can't <laughs> oh, not Jesus. talk about Grandpa Eddie's badass car. Uh, I will read some <laughs> the way that that was just a I, the delivery got me on that one. <laughs> and, well, I mean, you know, it needs a massive entrance. It's the same exact thing happened when my kid showed up for the first time. <laughs> um, yes, so so I will. I will give a little bit of information about the, the car here uh, for those gearheads out there. Um, 
the car had a 350 horsepower, 289 CI Ford Mustang V8 engine with a four-speed stick shift, and it had two four-barrel carburetors, uh, spelling, uh, mounted on a Mickey Thompson Ram thrust. Manifold. Wait, side note, isn't the word carburetors fucking weird looking? Yes, that's why Very. I just said spelling, because I looked at the word carburetors and went, is that how that's spelled? It, I, it, it, it just throws me. Anyway, go ahead. Right, right. No, hundred carburetor. <laughs> yeah, carburetor. Uh, the carburetors were mounted backwards in an effort to save space, and the pull type throttle actuation modified into a pusher type. There's a bunch of words for you about cars that I don't understand, but I hope it did something for you. Uh, that being said, there's an interesting factoid about the Dragula. They wanted to make it out of a coffin, uh, but it turns out that it was illegal to purchase a coffin unless somebody was dying. So the uh, one of the so they killed actually, somebody. Uh, right, right. So, so they banded together and found the weakest link and said goodbye. Uh, so they and they uh, Birkin haired that, that shit. That's why Marilyn was recast. That's why Marilyn was recast. Oh, that's, that's oh Marilyn. Oh wow. Sacrifice. Uh, no. So the uh, one of the creators went and found a you know a, a place where you buy caskets and. Uh, they were able to work out a weird, shady, cash-only black market backdoor deal uh, where the guy was going to receive an envelope of money and then sp- spontaneously at 10 p.m. that night just leave a casket in the street behind the building and the people from Monsters drove by and picked it up and, like, you know, turned it into the Dragula. Like, it was acquired entirely illicitly the casket to make the car it's so weird oh it's super weird like they could not actually buy one legally so they're like okay let's do some weird not super legal shit why couldn't the props department build a fake looking car <laughs> i guess they just wanted it to be real you know it's that commitment to authenticity. it really is the question though phil i mean come on you guys you guys are a prop department you make this shit is that a looks better like other story shit though it is it is it's much better know. story much better uh but clearly not their focus at the time uh but yeah so pretty pretty interesting there and mm. uh as we know in 1998 as i alluded to at the top rob zombie released the single dragula its title came from the name of the car and the music video has parts that mimic the monsters family getting into the car for a ride um it's- you know what I didn't realize is the Munsters actually had two cars. They had the Dragula and they had the Munsters coach. The coach is the one I always think of um, when I think of the car. And I actually thought coach it was just spelled weird, right? K-O-A-C-H. Yeah. Yeah. With a K for some reason. But that's actually what I thought the Dragula was. I, I didn't realize it was two different cars and that it was made out of a, a coffin. That's yeah. so weird. That's good. I can't believe it was that it was they were that concerned about it looking authentic. Well, I mean, you know, if you look at a picture of the Dragula, it's like, yo, that's just totally a casket. Yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty fucking totally is. But yeah, they totally could have made it white too. Like the, the right. image is black and white. Everything was black and white. It's not like you could really tell. Like, oh, well, you could see the 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 inlay. No, you can't see anything. Right. It's black right. and white. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess the real one's gold, but yeah, you couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
you know, grandpa just straight be pimping. He had tons of tons of <laughs> for sure. rides. For sure. But uh yeah, so I mean that that is kind of the the heads and tails of the Munsters. It's a nice. great show. I love it. Uh and uh YouTube actually has an interesting iteration of the Munsters. There is not full episodes available, but the Munsters has kind of just done like a Saturday night live thing where they took all of the old episodes and just uploaded each individual like skit of various different episodes and things oh i see what you're saying it's like you can watch these little five to ten minute snippets of like you know just finished thought processes of an episode or whatever Mm. uh it's weird that that exists but it's all official it's it's like the actual stuff so Mm. hey whatever there's a way to watch some some amount of the show nice way to to catch a little drag you leah yeah Yeah. (laughs) very cool all right. One of the things I like most about the monsters, though, just a, one last thing, is yeah. that um, you know, they really they they turned the the mon- the monster lore and kind of like domesticated it because I remember yeah. there was like one episode and like um, Lily was you know telling um, uh, Eddie not to go near something because he might get fleas and they're going to be so hard to get out, you mm-hmm. know get everything because you know eddie's the werewolf etc yeah. you know but it was it was that kind of was interesting and then it was, i remember there was another one where grandpa was in the foyer and he was playing cards like gambling against some random person from transylvania or whatever and that guy was actually looking in the mirror behind grandpa to see grandpa's cards because grandpa didn't show up in the mirror because he's a vampire Makes sense. and i thought that was kind of silly yeah. but uh that was pretty fun too so you know it was that they did some interesting stuff with those characters. I they it. did. Yeah. Yep. A lot of fun gags. I mean, absolutely. So great. Uh, definitely, a, definitely uh, my favorite old sitcom by far, but like, mm-hmm. like, you know, older than the eighties sitcom. Cause I never, yeah. I don't think there's any seventies sitcom I really ever got into, but the uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something you about never, this show. High on the Brady Bunch. Nope. <laughs> No, nope. not I a I Brady Bunch. Never liked no. it. Yeah, me neither, actually. But <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah, or the Partridge Family. I don't know. That was probably sixties. Um. Anyway, yeah, awesome, awesome job, yeah. guys. Well, we uh we are fully fully through this. Uh, so let's let's uh let's move it along because uh boy oh boy this is a long episode so far. So let's uh I think our second half is going to be a lot shorter. It's got to be. Let's let's just say it has to, to be. Think but hey, you know what? I'm timing that shit. So we're, it's going to yeah. be. It's going to be. Tick tick motherfucker. Tick tick boom. All right. <laughs> well, uh you know, as as it happens as I'm looking at my watch, it uh, looks to be about that time that we're going to take a short break. But before we do that, we do have something for you guys, the Retroids, to ponder. Uh, this uh, this this question was posted to our group today, and it got some fun answers. I'm ready to, to answer, to read for you guys, and we'll answer it, of course, as well after we get back. Question is, uh, well, it's not really a question. It's like a, it's a command. I'm commanding you to do something. Uh, so here's the command. Shout out a favorite set of treasured bed sheets or pajamas that you had as a youngster. Because this is all about staying up late and dodging your bedtime and all that whatnot and goings uh, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, why don't you guys ponder that for a little bit and uh, we'll talk about the answers when we get back. Stay tuned. Hello. And welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. 
press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the audio files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f- last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a, fuck- a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideout. Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award-nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors, and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Patsy, the angry nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the hosts, hosts of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see you you next Thursday. Attention, this is the lost skeleton of Cadavra. And you are listening to Rancho Notorious. No, wait. No, that's Retro Redoptopus. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Welcome back aboard, everyone. Okay, before we take a break, we ask you the question, or as I said before, the command. I, I, I shouted a command. Shout out a favorite set of treasured bedsheets and or pajamas you had as a youngster that you can remember. There's a lot of these that I think just kind of sear into our brains because we had a favorite or something. And it just it's just something that we used for years upon years, probably way too long. Um, so um, I'm going to read the retroids first. Give us all a little little break. Uh, we've been doing a lot of talking. So like, let's let's go with the retroid answers from the group. First, we had Andrew Wershborn. He says, I, of course, had Return of the Jedi sheets as a kid. Of course you did. Um, Shelby Croto, she posted a picture and she said this. It was a set of Lion King sheets. She said, this bedding had an absolute chokehold on me as a kid. Lamau. Brandon Mark Powers says, I had the Empire Strikes Back sheets as a kid, but my brother had more Ghostbusters stuff than you could shake a stick at. The amount of Ghostbusters stuff I was given, bupkis. 
So I guess his brother's guilty of withholding Ghostbusters shit, which is not nice. You don't want to do that. Um, he said he actually remembers a, one of the pictures I randomly posted when I asked the question was a, a set of the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon sheets. And he said that was he had that. That, <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, Robert Flowers says Knight Rider, which he would still be using to this day if his wife wouldn't kill him for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure the uh, if if he was still using that same the same set of sheets, it would be more pills than sheet. Anyway, right. like you don't really don't really want to do that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, really. Jesus. Really, I mean, I don't think they make like queen or king size versions of those sheets. Right, you're in a you know, twin for, for a, a married couple. You twin I mean, we're not up? college anymore. You can't get those in, in a twin. It's <laughs> very very good point. Uh, we had a massive. Because if you could, of, I would, man. Because you could, you would. Man, I have it, man. <laughs> man, knock me out, man. Uh, we had a massive amount, massive amount of people who all said the same thing, and I just love it so much because I had these same sheets when I was a kid, and they were one of my twinning. big ones. Uh, El Goro, Andrew Zaman, Justin Cooper, Santino Mancibo, and Tim Baird all had those dinosaur sheets. You know the ones where they're all like different colors and they're they look like they're sly, sneaky, shifty bastards, and they're given like weird side eye. Yeah, yeah, you know the ones like those ones. We all had those. It was a big one. It didn't go with anything. I had them definitely. You had them too, like. It's so yes. funny. Weird. They were just the dinosaur sheets. Um, in if you 80s. just look up 80s dino sheet, like you find <laughs> you'll it. find it's it. Like it's literally one. so funny. Um, <laughs> like they all look like they're laughing. They're, they then, they like, the all look build... like they're dirty dealings. They're like, yeah, they're, like they're bad, like, shifty, shady stuff. It's just like, on. hey, man, you see that guy over here? Yeah, that guy's whack. I don't know, man. I don't think we should do this deal right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going down, though. I'm not so sure, though. Hey, you see that guy over there? Yeah, he's looking at us. He's casing. See that iguanodon over there? <laughs> yeah, you think that iguanodon's giving you the thumbs up, but really, that thumb it's is just, really it's his just weapon. Mad he's going he's he's to shove that thumb in your jugular. You watch it for that guy. You watch they out. Him, they, yeah, they call him the thumbgula. You know, thumb, the, he, they call him the thumb you Thumb you Ashes von Nightmare says these sheets had the right stuff to get me to sleep. They, they were, were of real. course. No, they were of course. NKOTB. Oh, right, right, right. Colleen said I had the entire rainbow bright rainbow bright canopy bed set with bedding and every sprite and color kid doll that existed, which my parents promptly threw out when we moved when I was seven. Still devastating. Oh, that's Heartbreak no. City right there. Yeah. The last, uh, just under the wire as we started to record, Jesse Preston answered with what's probably my favorite answer. He had He-Man sheets complete with a matching tent. Remember back in the day, they would do that. They would sell yes. bed tents it's specifically for your bed it would match the sheets and pillowcase and you could set it up and he said and uh it was a great place to hide from werewolves (laughs) 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 he said he would always wake up in the middle of the night and he would be sure that there was a werewolf outside i don't know what there's no like correlation that i know of with uh, werewolves and and he-man but it's pretty funny 
Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get on to uh, the second half of our discussion, which really need to be the, the, the second just little quarter uh, or, or fifth. Well, what, what about our picks? Oh, your picks. Oh, I forgot about your picks. All right, you sons of bitches. Yeah, you haven't talked enough. Fine, fine. Just go. Say something. Eight bit. What's yours? Uh, uh, What's your betting situation uh, from back in the Dizzy? Well, okay. So, well, okay. So, this is the deal. (laughs) I don't really have a betting or a pajama, but I need to tell you about my fucking generation one pokemon blanket we need to talk about generation one pokemon i i had the gen one pokemon blanket all the way through till college graduation it was in my dorm i gave zero fucks and this (laughs) this (laughs) was my like i mean it was original wait wait wait, when it was first coming out i don't know if i heard you right did you say gave or got zero fucks i will tell you that i gave less fucks than i got okay that's what I'll tell you. Leave it leave it at that. Leave it at that. I'll leave it to Beaver. But that was my blanket. The other one that was an OG was my SpongeBob blanket. Mm, These yes. two were God tier. Nineties, nineties God tier sponge and pokemon g1 uh these were these were the things i didn't really have any kind of fun sheets um mm. so i'm just gonna i'm gonna call it there i'm a pass <laughs> good answer uh <laughs> phil conti what you got man uh, I had the same uh, Empire Strikes Back sheets that he was talking about uh, earlier. Um, I also had uh, those dinosaur sheets, which, if I recall, were like the cheapest thread count. I want to say they were had like <laughs> like prison sheet quality. <laughs> um, if I Bur- uh, burlap, <laughs> yeah. And um, I also, uh, I, one of my other things that I had, I had some sort of Star Wars pajamas that I don't really remember, but the inside of the cardboard of the package had an honorary Jedi certificate. Oh boy. Um, that you could cut oh out. Boy. And my dad had me fill it out. I was probably like five or six. And um, he actually still has it at his house in my Get old out. room. Um, and also he just recently, um, got rid of that bed, my old twin bed that still had the Voltron sheets on it. Oh my God. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. 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 Yes. Those sheets had some dust on it. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. That's awesome. Nice. I, I definitely don't still have any of this stuff at all. That's for sure. It got thrown out long ago, but damn, uh, that's, that's great. Um, what do you got Nintendo? So for pajamas, I remember having the the Donkey Kong pajamas. Oh, that's that's awesome! That yeah, is so good. Nice. Um, and for the bedding, I believe I had GI Joe. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like me, but I I know I'm pretty yeah. sure I had it. My parents somehow. Or for whatever reason, thought I liked GI Joe. They thought they were hoping you would join the army. I was hope, yeah, they're hoping I would join the army because I'm Joe and Yo yeah, GI. Oh, GI U. GI U. GI me. Gotcha. That makes sense. Gotcha. Nice, good ones. Um, yeah. So I, I can't believe nobody shouted this out. I thought I was going to be mentioned because I have two big kid ones, and I thought that. The dinosaur was probably the one I was going to say and that everybody was going to mention the other one. But the the converse actually happened. Um, Nobody mentioned the TMNT sheets that I had. Um, This is really also easy to look up. You can find a picture of just Mm -hmm. look up vintage 80s TMNT bed sheets. And it's 
that weird thing where it happened with all the Ninja Turtle stuff because there was no like clause that they had to get the the look of the characters right. So like you could have the same thing happened with Pac-Man. They didn't care. So a billion other companies just did their version of what the Ninja Turtles looked like and none of them looked like each other. None of them looked like the show. <laughs> they just looked like whatever. You can tell it's the Ninja Turtles. It's fine. These guys were like super off-brand looking. They were really shifty and shady, just like the dinosaurs. All of them were like given like weird side eye and they had like really uncomfortable position, like expressions on their face. It's really like they're, they're really just not good, but they were the turtle sheets and I had to have them. Um, there's like there's like a brown brick motif everywhere. I don't know. Everybody yeah. just like labored oh, under yeah. under the assumption that the sewers had all big brown bricks. Brown brick. It's like, Man, why I do you think that they're brown? Because so most coolies. stone isn't brown in color. But sewage is synonymous with poop, and but, poop is brown. But poop is like brown. A weird tan colored. That like, is exactly like, what I, it that's looks like. I was getting, toast. Though. It looks like toast but, or something. The other thing is all the all the turtles' faces also look very constipated. They do. So they're it, really yes. 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 all that. Yeah, it's really right. weird. It's really, like they're trying. They're trying really not to good. not seem like they're really trying to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. All right. Anyway, those are our answers. Uh, so uh, let's let's move on to the the lightning round. I feel like I gotta. We, we need the. We need. We need our. Uh, our announcer, Patch Fathoms. Patch, can you give us a what little? What was that? Oh, oh. <clears throat> uh, what's up? Uh, I was just eating a sandwich. Um, you want me to do? Okay. Um, let's see. <clears throat> what do I got? Uh, and now it's time for the lightning round. Ah, oh, that's there we go. That was a proper, proper, proper start to this segment. All right, lightning round. We each get one minute to talk about one other show well not one other show however many shows we want uh, i will we'll keep it loosey-goosey it's, it's right, fine. just rock it but one minute is all we get and we'll just okay. keep going and when people are out of um out of picks we'll just pass to the next and then we'll uh we'll eventually get there sound okay. good fire yes. boy do it i like this i think this is uh, actually really fun i'm excited um okay and i'm going to start right now the incredible hulk had to be mentioned 80 episodes five seasons plus five television movies incredible hulk ran from 1977 to 1982 based of course on the marvel comics character of the same name the series starred bill bixby as dr david banner famously because some executive thought that bruce sounded too gay and of course it's a true oh story. Shit. <laughs> uh, oh my god! It's a true story. Uh, Lou Ferrigno, of course, as the Hulk. We had a practical Hulk here. This was a road show, so like the A Team, they were going from place to place, just kind of solving problems along the way. He was always just trying to find his place in the world, and maybe, hopefully, one day, uh, a cure for his his affliction. All right, uh, let's talk about Grizzly Adams. Um, it started off as a movie, the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, I guess, which was based on a real person who lived in the mountains in California in the 1800s, like Gold Rush era. Um, he had a pet bear named Ben, uh, Gentle Ben, which was actually pretty cool to see a giant grizzly bear, you know, 
walking around and on set and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, Denver Pyle, uh, who played uh, Mad Jack. Um, Denver Pyle was also Uncle Jesse in um, Duke's Hazard. Uh, he was the like an old prospector kind of guy. He had a, a, a donkey that just kind of didn't do anything, very stubborn. Um, I remember watching this most Saturday afternoons. Um, uh, there, there was one episode with killer bees and they had to make some sort of mud concoction to put on the bee stings to make the swelling go down. And it seemed like one of those things that I really needed to remember. So I'd be prepared for like quicksand to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, Knight Rider uh, it was on for uh, four seasons with uh, 90 episodes. It starred David Hasselhoff as Michael Knight and uh, his his trusty sidekick or vehicle, if you will, uh, Kit. Uh, who didn't want Kit as a kid? Uh, I sure as hell wanted Kit. I mean, I fucking yeah. wanted to drive that thing when I was like 10 years old. Absolutely. Absolutely fucking truly. And yeah, uh, so, yeah, it's an awesome show. Do not watch the, the Night Rider 2000, which came out in 1991. It was a TV film. It sucked ass. Um, and uh, there was a, a reboot called Knight Rider from 2008. Don't watch that either. That also does. <laughs> the reboots didn't even have like Trans Ams and, and the, uh, the uh, wasn't one of the cars red? Yeah, that was from uh, 2000. Like, what? 2000. The... what? What? Yeah, that, that was Kit because his original, the, the original car got destroyed. So this is like his rebuilt. Absolute bullshit. It's Absolute bullshit. Stupid. Uh, I am going to go with a really small show no one's heard of called The Three Stooges. Uh, this is a comedy vaudeville act team from 1922 to 1970, best known for their 190 short subject films by Columbia Pictures. This has been on syndication for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. I watched it if I would wake up insanely early on a Saturday. I would have to be up at like 5 or 6 in the morning and fucking be watching you know, random local access TV. But I had access to The Three Stooges. You have Larry Moe Curley you got Shemp, got them all. It's great. So here's the thing. This show actually for me was kind of special for a couple of reasons. One, I did get introduced to the origin of slapstick comedy, which still to this day is just one of the things that just always gets me. I'm simple, okay? I like when a guy gets smacked in the face by a big stupid hammer. It's actually pretty damn funny. And I was surprised. A A big dick peen hammer. So then I was surprised to find out that the original Three Stooges was still really funny to me. That this joke hadn't but hadn't, you know, kind of passed me by. Wasn't something I was sick of. Wasn't like, oh, that's simple humor. No, I genuinely enjoyed the Three Stooges. My mom used to tell me that my grandfather really liked the Three Stooges. So for me, because I never got to meet my grandfather, watching the Three Stooges to me felt like I was watching something that he had watched. And that to me was a mental connection of being like somewhat, some way connecting with my grandfather who I've never met. But that was a piece of it for me. I got the Scarecrow and Mrs. King. This is a show that no one ever talks about. And I always remember because the name is so crazy. Um, And I just, it's like one of my favorite goofy, obscure 80s shows to bring up. 88 episodes over four seasons. So it was not a flash in the pan. Ran from 83 to 87. Show started, starred Kate Jackson and Bruce Boxleitner of Tron fame. He was actually Tron. As divorced housewife Amanda King and top-level agency operative Lee Stetson, who begin an unusual partnership and eventual romance. So it's basically like espionage, spy, action, romance. It was definitely more romance and a little bit less silly than the A-Team, but it still had its goofiness. 
Um, I actually really tried to watch an episode. There aren't any that are free on the internet right now, but um... my grandmother loved that show. Nice. Uh, I got a twofer. I'm going to talk about Hunter, um, which was a, a LAPD um, a vehicle that um, he was a former football player in real life. So he was a big kind of guy. Um, he actually, uh, it was very violent show. It was, the show was very criticized for it actually. Um, but um Hunter was the source of the parody cop show Sledgehammer, which was awesome. It starred David Rash, who instead of putting a silencer on his gun, put on a loudener. Um, it, it was supposed <laughs> to make Dirty Harry look like Mr. Rogers. It, uh-huh. The series opened up in its pilot with a sniper and a skyscraper, and Sledgehammer just blew up the building and said, I think I got him. Um, he had uh, his favorite charity was Toy Guns for Tots, and he used to uh, shoot f- uh, warning shots at Jaywalkers. That was an awesome show. <laughs> I do not know that show. That's, that's oh my not... god was it a spoof it had to be a spoof right it, it was a spoof but it actually okay. lasted like three seasons it was like 80 episodes that's freaking awesome <laughs> excellent one yeah so uh my next one is the show i used to watch with my dad which is uh buck rogers in the 25th century um i don't remember too much about the show all, all i uh remember was the little robot with the fat five freddy computer on his chest um and his head looked like a penis head so that's why I remember because the penis head. That makes sense. And yes, you, you I mean, fix that's it on brand. That. That's that, on yes, that that's 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 the show. Is the yep. penis head? That's, yeah. That, just watch okay. it for that. And okay. and also that the penis head says bitty 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 bitty. That's true. So, there you go. Peanbot. 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 Yes. The, the peanbots. Uh, yes. The the penis bot was actually voiced by Mel Blank. That's true. That's true. And uh, mm-hmm. yep. it had yep. the show had Aaron Gray, who was like I had that was my first celebrity crush. Yeah. Okay, one minute on the clock. Let's go. Happy Days. It's a show that everybody knows about. It's a show that I watched a lot on TV land. I mean, everybody, you know, we we were talking about Henry Winkler earlier. Like, the Fonz is iconic. This show is is just a legendary show. It's just like classic Americana TV sitcom that just is one with that era of, you know, times. 1974 to 1984. 11 seasons, 255 episodes set in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, this show was insanely popular, you know, and, and the theme song is one that will stand the test of time again mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like that song gets stuck in my head and I forget that it's just the happy days. Yeah, right, right, I think right. that, oh, no, yeah. that's a song that they used for the show. It's like, no, that was just the theme song. It's that good. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing much I can say about it that we don't already know, but it's fantastic show and was one of my favorites to catch when it would happen to be on. I'm actually going to I was actually going to do Buck Rogers. And since all you talked about was a, a penis headed robot, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> Rock on, it. get a second Buck- minute. <laughs> um, Buck Rogers in the 25th century is the actual name of the show. 37 episodes over two seasons, so not too many. Yes. Ran from 79 to 81. There's an American science fiction adventure television series produced by Universal Studios based on the character Buck Rogers created in 1928 by Philip Francis Nolan. Nolan, no D at the end, that had previously been featured in comic strips, comic strips, novellas, a serial film on television, on radio. This is a character that had been done a million times, even by 1979. Starred Gil Gerard as Captain William Buck Rogers, Aaron Gray, by the way, BT Dubs Phil, also my first TV crush. Colonel Wilma Deering, I did get to meet her. Um, Mel Blank is the voice of the penis headed robot, quote unquote. His name was Tweaky. 
And uh, Tom and my favorite, Tom Christopher, who played Hawk in the second season, who was an alien character representing the last of a nearly extinct bird people. I loved this show. I would love yes. to go back and watch it again. Uh, that is my minute. I'm going to go with uh, The Greatest American Hero. Um, it, it was the greatest show ever. I loved it so much. Um, the premise is aliens come down and give a super suit to uh, Ralph Hinckley, which they later changed the name to Hanley because of um, the guy who tried to assassinate uh, Ronald Reagan. Anyway, whatever. Um, the uh, He was a teacher and infamously couldn't fly straight. He crashed into buildings all the times. He lost the instructions. He was always, he couldn't ever do anything, but the suit gave him pretty much every power. Um, he could fly strong and vulnerability, invisibility, x-ray vision, blah, 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 blah. And crash. Um, but the, and crash. The, <laughs> but the song was written by uh, and performed by Joey Scarberry, which was then, you know, uh, it was used in Seinfeld, just George Costanza used it as his lyrics to his answering machine. Yep. Um, <laughs> but also um, the main logo on his chest um, resembles the Chinese character for center. And in China, he was referenced as flying red center hero, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a mascot for hospitals, like flying red center. Battlestar Galactica. Yes, watch it. It's fun. <laughs> so that's all we have. I couldn't. I honestly can't think of anything else. I'm just like just rambling off, off like TV shows. Okay. Um, yeah, I do like Battlestar Galactica, the old one, and I do like the the uh, the remake too that came out in sci-fi. I did like that one. Great show. Uh, that's another old the old show I never really got to see either. I'd love to go back and watch some of these that we're talking about tonight. All right, so I my this is part of my cinematic universe here. So I started with Happy Days, so, or I, just at Happy Days, so I could talk about the two spinoff shows that were also fantastic: Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy. All shows that were incredibly successful, really funny, and launched you know did huge work for friggin' crazy people careers like Robin Williams. I mean, R Mork and Mindy got four seasons, ninety one episodes, based off of just one episode of Happy Days that was successful with an alien coming down and you know hanging out with them it's like uh that's incredible and then laverne and shirley was also pretty damn funny like i really yeah. i remember laverne and shirley and three's company were both shows that were on and i could never remember which one was the one i liked but it was laverne and shirley i remember just thinking that that show was really damn funny and you know it's like this little television universe that they built and they yeah. were all such great shows this one's a little different murder she wrote Oh, I I loved this show unabashedly. I don't care. I don't care who knows it. Don't it was on unabashed. for absolutely ever. 264 episodes over 12 seasons plus four TV movies. Show ran from 1984 to 1996. Starred Angela Lansbury, of course, as Jessica Fletcher, a mystery writer and amateur detective who finds herself becoming involved in the series of murders that take place in the fictional fictional town of Cabot Cove, Maine, and elsewhere as well. Um, this is just a really <laughs> fun detective type Columbo show um, with a you know a, a just smart spunky old lady, and uh, it was very cute and it was often very good. Oftentimes the episodes were really really interesting and well done. It's just a uh, I don't know. It was always on, and I quite actually enjoyed it. Plot twist: She was really the murderer. Never. She never. You bite your tongue. Jessica Fletcher is a saint. She's a killer. 
All right, uh, real quick, Magnum PI, um, you know, he had the Corvette, the Hawaiian shirts. Um, he was a, a, a private investigator that somehow did something for uh, uh, some famous guy uh, who had a, a get some giant estate and he let uh, Magnum live in the, the guest house. Um, and uh, actually, the guy that uh, owned the estate, um, he was voiced by Orson Welles, which was crazy. Who knew wow. he actually showed up in that? Um, and the caretaker for the estate was um, uh, Jonathan Quayle Higgins III, played by uh, John Hilleman, who was a caretaker. You know, uh, he was a for retired British Army officer. Um, but really, most notably, um, uh, John Hilleman um, played Howard Johnson in Blazing Saddles. Uh, oh, and that's what nice. I really remember him from because apparently he's American and not British. And oh. uh, lots okay. of action and stuff. Capers galore. Nice. Magnum PI. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to cop out and just do the Golden Girls because I know we, we just did an episode on Betty White like at the beginning of the year after she passed. And uh, the Golden Girls is just one of those shows that's timeless and everyone loves the show for obvious reasons i think everyone should watch it you can learn a thing or two Great and show. plus bay way i just love bay way so Great show. Yeah. Yep. rest in peace all four of them. yes all together all at together. last together uh i will just quickly mention the twilight zone uh, unless that was one you wanted to do steve nope go for it okay just because this was truly a, not a show that i watched very much myself but i remember seeing it specifically my cousin mike had a lot of twilight zone you know recordings and dvds and they would watch it on the weekends and stuff and he was really into it and you know later on watching the twilight zone now it's just it's my favorite of you know shows of that era that you know to just throw on i mean it's it's very high up there with shows across all the decades of just a show to put on and watch the episodic nature the the really strong writing the great effects and lasting just creepiness factor and just how you know original it was at that time uh you know on tv it just you know stands the test of time it's it's phenomenal it truly is one of the best Absolutely agreed, Rod Sterling. I mean, you know, just one of the best shows of all time, easily in the conversation for greatest possible TV show. Um, it is a show that I could, I just watch endlessly. When they took it off net, Netflix, I was, I was very, very, very sad because it was a comfort show that I would just throw on. And I've seen most of those episodes like five, six times, but you know, it, it never got old. It's just great. Um, so I have only one more. And uh, this is my last one, uh, and it's actually Twilight Zone esque, because um, there were a lot of imitators that came out after. Um, so this is a show. Start at the clock. It's called One Step Beyond. Uh, Ninety-six episodes, three seasons, ran from fifty-nine to sixty-one. It's an American anthology series hosted by John Newland, who is your guide to the supernatural, or Conversely, sometimes also known as, you, you better have your listening ears for this one, 8-Bit, our guide into the world of the unknown. I think, you know, I think you know who referenced that. The show was in the vein of the Twilight Zone, each episode claiming to be based on actual human record, implying historical factual events, but the incidents depicted were closer to popular urban legends dramatized for the screen. It's a really fun show. The entire series 
actually presented in the correct order is on YouTube. If you look up one step beyond, uh, you'll find various channels that have have episodes, and uh, I recommend it. It's uh, it's it's not quite as good as Twilight Zone at all, but it's great and it has some of the same great guest stars. Actually, there's one of the early episodes has Cloris Leachman in it, and uh, you know you, you gotta love some some classic Cloris Leachman when she was young. It's just awesome. Um, Phil, do you have anything else? Yeah, uh, I got one more. Um, awesome. That I have anything to talk about, really. Um, I'm going to talk about TJ Hooker, um, which was uh, obviously a, a William Shatner vehicle. Um, he had a, a, one of his partners was a very young Heather Locklear, um, also had a crush on her. Um, uh, also had uh, Adrian Zamed, uh, who um, he was in Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks and Tony Katane, and okay. I don't think he ever did anything else. He's like more of a trivia thing. Um, but TJ Hooker was a plainclothes officer whose partner was killed. So he rejoined the ranks of, uh, you know, the uniform street cop kind of guys. Um, obviously, uh, he was a, a Vietnam vet army special forces, uh, guy. Cause like I said, with MacGyver, who wasn't, um, and, uh, but it was really hard to watch the show though, because, um, at the time Shatner was 54 and clearly not in prime shape. So, you know, chasing down perps and trying to be a tough guy and sliding across the hood of a car, um, while probably wearing depends, I can only imagine, um, was not great TV. <laughs> he did all that car stuff though. And like when they would, they would, uh, when he would pull up he would do this like skid thing with the car and then like get right out of the car and he would actually like do that oh yeah i'm sure he worked hard yeah but... for sure all right well hey you know i guess that's it right nobody has anything else no, nope. i'm good well that's I'm that good. was a hell of a lightning round that was phil that was so fun i would like to redo that in an, in a future episode that that was such a great idea um, yeah lightning rounds are cool that was really really fun i hope everybody in listening world enjoyed that as well um that was really cool obviously this episode is just weirdly top heavy and that's just how it how it how it happened and it's just what it is what are we professional please think of it as a half just think of this as like the bonus part a part all right well you know i mean we we've done it that that is our journey that you've been up we've kept you up way past your bedtime at this point Uh. um and and you know what it is almost time to catch that horizon but um we got a little left we got a little left so um if nintendo's ready oh i'm ready then before we say goodbye let's go to this you got your spiked gauntlets, you got your bullet belt, you got your leather jacket and your denim, you got your hairspray, well put them on, cause it's time for another edition of Power to the Metal. Greetings Retroids, this is Nintendo, and I am back with a Power to the Metal segment. And uh, the band I have for you guys today is called Skullfist. I don't know who the hell came up with that name. It's, it's, just, dumb, words. it's just words. It's just words. It's just words. Just words. It sounds, it is, sounds it is, it, it is what it is. But don't <laughs> let the name fool you. Because the band is actually pretty damn good. Um, kind of funny. Funny backstory. Uh, I heard their first album back in 2011. I thought it was atrocious because the singer sounded like a 10 year old kid going through puberty and it just sounded <laughs> terrible Boy, so i just quit i'm like okay these guys suck fuck them whatever fuck a fuck fast, fast forward to 
fast forward to this year, uh, my friend Wade, who has his own radio show called, uh, 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 oh my God, what's it called? Metal Assault Radio. Metal Assault, thank you. Yes, it's Australian. It's his own so, radio station. Get yes. It's not his station. It's his own. He has his own show on a station. A station. Gotcha. Station. So anyways, he plays a song off this band's uh, new album called Paid in Full. And the song was called Long live the fist, dumb name, but the song is catchy as fuck, and the singer <laughs> is actually really good. I'm like, nice. okay, so so did they change singers? Because this guy's way better. No, it's the same fucking guy who he just, just got, got fucking way better. Nice, good Holy for him. Like, like good for him. Way to go. That's bro. awesome. That's so, hard to do. So I strongly suggest listening to the new album Paid in Full. Um, the songs I recommend is a song I just mentioned, Long Live the Fist, and the the other song is called uh, For, the, For the Last Time. Awesome songs. The Definitely the, the two standouts for me. Um, yeah, definitely check them out. They're on Spotify. Awesome. Uh, Apple, Pandora, whatever. Is, all the, all the things. All, all the streamings. All the streamings. <laughs> nice. Yes. nice dude all right skull fist yes right it sounds like they they have a sense of humor about themselves and that's that's always great like i love when uh, bands are able to take the music seriously but themselves not so much kind of like halloween always right. did and right stuff yep. like that yep. uh but awesome great go yes. check them out guys skull fist phil thank you so much for coming on we had a great time i hope you had a great time i also had a great time thank you for having me awesome yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm so happy we got to do this episode finally, and uh, and and absolutely let us know if you have any other ideas. I mean, like, and guys in the listening audience, let us know. Like I said before, you can check us out on Facebook and our group on Twitter. Email us all the stuff, and uh, if you think there's a you have a great idea for a nostalgia filled trip through time, then please let us know. We're happy to consider show ideas anytime um well but you know we, we might say that they suck and, and and we might we might tell you no and make you feel really bad about it too i mean it's it's a total <laughs> it, you know i think it happened i mean i'm not i'm not saying we're nice i'm just saying we we have a podcast which just right. means at this point we have microphones and a little bit of like effort like not maximum effort but like not minimum like mid-tier effort like mid-tier effort right and microphones. like a solid 4.8 yeah that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But um, once again, thank you, Phil Conti, for coming on. And uh, with that, I think we'll wrap up the episode. So if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you liked what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being part of the Inebriar Podcast Network. Retro Doctopus is a full-fledged member of the Dorkening. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, Throwdown Thursday, The Loudest Sports Show, Then Is Now, Amalga Files, Mostly Ghostly, or Geek Life HQ. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. Be sure to check out our killer, killer, super amazing, murderous, very, very lethal sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. 
I have been your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson, a.k.a. Steve in Destruction, though nobody calls me that. And it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended y'all. Good night. say one more thing yes. <laughs> please do we don't have to use this but we skipped the promos and i really wanted to promote i wanted to wanted to use my opportunity to promo for for no reason whatsoever other than the show never came up but i have to talk about it is my promo for tonight is the airwolf theme song that is all <laughs> just the that airwolf an epic, theme song. epic theme song epic 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 literally just that's all i needed to say you just wanted to promo the the airwolf theme song not your it's, own work no anything you're up to no i just didn't get a chance to talk about it gotcha can, can we also do a dukes it has theme song too because that was also great yeah yeah i mean and i'm not gonna we'll play be. either one of those oh no we just have to mention it but we can mention it <laughs> you don't have to keep any of this i mean this is entirely <laughs> bonus content Oh, I mean, this is going in the episode. Oh, this Unhonorable is, this is th- mention? This should be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> oh my god, if you pay us $25.95 a month, you can listen to an extra 12 minutes of audio. Oh my god. <laughs> what, what's the over-under on how many people are still going to be listening to at this point? I mean, what, we got to be at the three-hour mark or something, right? Oh, I mean, honestly, that. this oh, is probably the part that. of the, this is part of the audio that basically is the the theme song is playing over it no one can even hear us at this point it's so quiet unless you pulled the two audio tracks apart you know so hopefully this is an easter egg for some of you guys out there if you're doing that it's like at this point we're at the the we're at the ferris bueller part like you're still here what are you doing go home there's no more there's no more podcast there's no more podcast to listen to (laughs) go home go shoot excellent reference scoot Scoot. Go outside. Go outside and play. Go. Get a moosh. Get okay. a moosh. And we're done. <laughs> Will you do the fandango?